0: that little audio issue that i was experiencing <laughs> where i couldn't hear myself
1: yeah the uh russ the audio guy <laughs> which is your nickname right the yeah audio that's guy. what i do that's yeah, <laughs> what you do for a living right uh yeah, your headphones they uh they need to be plugged in
0: i thought they were wireless oh okay yeah no they're not
1: you're you're too cheap for that <laughs>
0: <laughs> doesn't get as good a sound quality
1: yeah sure that's it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's
0: why um so, speaking of, like, not being up to speed on, like, the latest and greatest technologies and ways to do things. Sure. And another revelation this week. Uh, again, courtesy of my wife. Remember when I had the revelation that the library existed? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, like, uh, we've, uh, I've been doing the weekly weigh-in thing, right? Mm-hmm. And what I've been doing is I've been texting myself my weight and then having to do the math. And she was like, you know there's got to be a billion apps for that. And I was like, God. Damn it. I like a, I forgot about apps. <laughs> I forgot those are a thing.
1: Yeah, I, I like my Fitness pal. Even though their data just got breached. So But if you just join in now, hopefully they've got security in place. <laughs> the, that the, won't happen again. The
0: one that I have is the most depressing thing ever because it's it's like predominantly a BMI thing, but I don't really I'm not following that as much as I am just the weight thing. Right. And it starts, it's the most depressing thing. I'll just pull it up and make you talk for a second so I can describe this to you.
1: Uh, Yeah, BMI was just kind of made up by a dude. And it's kind of the standard that we follow.
0: All right, you got to look at it as it opens up. Look how...
1: <laughs> it's like oh, oh you're fat <laughs>
0: it's, it's a it's like an odometer like a scale and it starts off at picture, like
1: picture every like action movie
0: where like oh god the pressure can't go above yeah. here <laughs> where it's like wrapped around and breaking the glass That's it's exa- doing that yeah exactly you just see it it opens up and it goes mm-hmm. it goes from three o'clock or from nine o'clock to three o'clock from the green zone to the red zone Yeah,
1: I'm just immediately like and oh god <laughs>
0: Yeah, it was it's a, it's a kick in the stomach every time I open that thing. So, yeah, how you been? Good week?
1: Yeah, still uh, eating them Wendy's nuggets. Yeah, you, well,
0: you got through the, the Girl Scout cookies.
1: I did. I finished the last of the Girl Scout cookies. So, maybe soon I'll start. That's, that's,
0: good. <laughs> that's good. Yeah,
1: uh, I had lunch with my mom today, and... uh my cousin got bad, like medical news. And so we were, it was one of those things where, we were, like, evaluating. <laughs> Why well, can't, can't it get beside you? Can you put it on vibrate? Yeah. Like I'll a put goddamn it on. professional? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Okay.
1: I'm telling a story about <laughs> life and death. I know.
0: Like, you were telling <laughs> that. And, like, even when you said it, I just. What is. I'm doing something here. I'm trying to do Wi Fi calling. I don't know what that is. Oh, God. <laughs> i don't know what's happening somebody
1: got a new phone
0: Mm. um i don't know what that is now you made me fuck with it but with wi-fi no it's
1: you didn't have to like check facebook or anything i'm not
0: i'm trying to clear that off because i just did that thing (laughs) now it's on vibrate there we go i'm gonna put it right beside the the mic then so it vibrates
1: uh yeah so we were kind of like hey you know what are you doing for health things because my mom she's a smoker you know she's a little overweight she's got Meniere's disease, which makes her walk like a drunk, Uh, and she she has diabetes. She's uh, found that out about a year ago, and so like she's like, you know, I've been doing good on diabetes. I'm like, you still smoke? Yeah, I still smoke. Got to cut that shit out, Uh, you know. And then like, what are you know? What what is going to motivate us to get better? And I was like, well, I have the I have the motivation of a shitty tattoo, (laughs) so.
0: Which is maybe not enough.
1: <laughs> There's plenty of time. Okay. You, you know how I roll.
0: That's fine. We're going to get, but you can't get to the night before and go like saw on it and like start cutting chunks. Why not? <laughs> I guess we didn't put that in the rules. Nope. Whoever <laughs> loses the most weight. I feel like that's what's going to happen. You're just going to show up a quadriplegic. That wouldn't help. Oh, that no, wouldn't <laughs> help. <laughs> that wouldn't.
1: <laughs> That'd be the add, then you have the added weight of the chair. Yeah, you exactly. know like, you gotta scoot that onto there. Final way. In. Uh,
0: you get what I was going for there. Yeah. Yeah. A double amputee. You just lose both legs. That's a solid hundred pounds. You lose both legs. Yeah, at least. Yeah. At least. Is that an option for you to win? <laughs> you would deserved. Wouldn't that suck if you did that and then lost? Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, off by half a pound. <laughs> Wait a minute, I think I can lose some more blood. <laughs> how much is half a pound of blood? Uh, how much blood is that?
0: I find myself thinking about that, like, if I take a leak, I'm like, hmm, how much did I just lose?
1: <laughs> well, you know, a pint's a pound, the world's around. That's a, a saying.
0: Is that accurate, though?
1: A pint of water is a pound.
0: It's good to know. And I didn't know your that.
1: urine is mostly water. So it'll prob- a pint of water or a pint of urine probably would weigh slightly more because it's water plus. Yeah, sediment. I would say a
0: little bit more. Yeah, that's what I would have thought too. Yeah, yeah, I'm particularly chunky. So
1: uh, you know, pee into a bottle, and if you fill it up, you just lost a pound.
0: Nice, or I could just weigh myself before and after and do it like a real scientist. Yeah, but you would
1: have to you would have to trust that the accuracy of your measuring device. Do you trust more like? A water bottle that says it's sixteen point nine ounces, or a scale you bought on Amazon for eight ninety
0: nine. Well, I'm using the same scale over and over, so.
1: But within a, but within a, but to get within like five tenths of a pound—that's half a pound. Why did I say five tenths?
0: <laughs> I'll just—I've got a uh, postage scale that's like made to measure ounces. I'll just start weighing myself on that. There you go. That'll work. Makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, good uh anything else going on other than devastating family medical news (laughs) that we can laugh about
1: Uh, like
0: even when you said that i was like hey we're having a fun podcast and you said that i just felt my face melt i was like oh
1: it's like it's really fucked up because she's she's only six years older than me and and she's being told yeah you you may have to go on disability in a few years it's like fuck she she just turned 40 and she's being told that, you know, she's got maybe a couple good years left in her. Yeah. That's fucking like,
0: yeah. Um, Do you ever see The Simpsons where Homer decided he wanted to be fat enough to be able to get disability?
1: Yeah, that's where he wears the moo is Yeah, it? exactly. I yeah.
0: think he might be onto to something there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I I've come to the conclusion many a time where I just need to either start losing weight or just give up. And I've done neither, so.
0: That's good. <laughs> you plateaued <laughs> in just an unhealthy way instead of committing one way I or the other. I mean,
1: plateau is like a, uh, instead of taking the elevator, you know, I'm taking the stairs. Mm-hmm. But not in a good way. But in a department store, I would, I would take the elevator. <laughs> or an escalator. Because, you know, if it breaks down, then, it'll, it, then it is stairs. Which mm-hmm. in elevator, you're just like, oh, I'm in a box, so I'm going to die now. Mm-hmm. Better pick a peak corner.
0: um yeah you got anything else you're ready to dive into red
1: <laughs> do you have anything you haven't said anything about your week
0: i talked about my not knowing how apps work
1: i guess you had one anecdote no i i wake up in the mornings on on podcast days and i think what am i going to talk about in the podcast like i'll spend i'll take a 20 minute half hour shower just thinking about what am i going to talk about in the podcast it's all gone yeah like, no that, absolutely. Was, that was 12 hours ago yeah i don't know
0: Yeah, no, I put work into that, too, but I don't have it. (laughs) They're gone.
1: And then I just get on the podcast and I'm like, duh. (laughs) Uh, Russ is gone for four seconds, and I have to fill (laughs) air. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Mm, Original thought, original thought, nope. Gone.
0: That's good. Uh, So I did take the liberty of, I whipped this out really quick so it's not perfect. Gross. But if you don't mind, I'm going to read a synopsis for Red. Okay. Is that is that cool? Are
1: you going to read the back of the book?
0: No. Uh, this is one that I wrote. Just real quick, so I could have taken more time. Um, but here's what I got. Are you ready? hmm Three young men attempt to rob a man with a former life, making him proficient with firearms. Their conceited, thin, blonde leader kills the man's dog that was given to him as a gift from his dead wife. The man attempts to seek justice against the three with focus on the blonde killer. He is aided by a longtime friend in his quest for justice. The dog killer's wealthy, powerful father steps in and attempts to protect his son. The father uses his power to attempt to bring the man's life crashing down around him. Ultimately, justice is achieved and the man gets a new dog to begin his new life. Is that a pretty good synopsis?
1: That's a summary.
0: Okay. <laughs> is that a good summary?
1: That was a, that was a great summary. Okay, good. You, told, you said basically everything that happens. <laughs> oh, yeah, and there's one point where he gets hit with a bat.
0: The blonde kid. Or, no, no, no. The blonde yeah, kid hits him with a bat. Yeah. Yeah,
1: he hits, and then he gets hit.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Moving on to John Wick. No. <laughs>
1: that was a well written summary. A synopsis is like two sentences. It's like what you're going
0: to read. I know, but you know why I did that. I have no idea why you did that. Okay, never mind. We'll talk about that later. Okay. Okay. Uh, I feel like the entire thing that I have to say revolves around me talking about John Wick as well. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh. So maybe I can give you a summary for John Wick real quick.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Is that cool? Yeah, sure. Can I read you a John Wick summary? Uh Uh-huh. Three young men attempt to rob a man with a former life, making him proficient with firearms. Their conceited, thin, blonde leader kills the man's dog that was given to him as a gift from his dead wife. The man attempts to seek revenge against the three with the focus on the blonde killer. He is aided by a longtime friend in his quest for justice. The dog killer's wealthy, powerful father steps in and attempts to protect his son. The father uses his power to attempt to bring the man's life crashing down around him ultimately justice is achieved and the man with the new dog or i'm sorry and the man gets a new dog to begin his new life yeah is I
1: would that- say that's, that's better that's better for john wick yeah that's it? yeah, a better one you should throw that first one out it's
0: garbage uh, okay i can't not talk about these at the same time okay. i can't i can't can. let's talk about red first yeah. red justin what are your thoughts on red
1: uh it's it's slow but it's never boring it's it's not meandering it's methodical yes and that's what i enjoy about it mm-hmm. uh usually when like, something is slow paced it's bad uh, 80 to 90% of the time this is slow paced and uh and great uh yeah it's, like i said it's it's methodical and it weaves the tale and Makes you feel, makes you feel exactly what Brian Cox was going through.
0: I agree totally in that I feel like it very much. You are amping up the stakes the entire time, right mm-hmm. along with Brian Cox, because you're a hundred percent in in Brian Cox. There's no degree of like sympathizing with the prota- antagonist in this movie, right? You, you are,
1: get you get Harold. He's he is your jump into that world your Mm -hmm. your foot into that world
0: yeah um and the movie does a wonderful wonderful job which the with one big exception which i'll tell you later this movie follows exactly the book like it's exactly the book there's hardly anything that's cut out this is just exactly what the book is okay um and i think ketchum did such a great job writing that book that's all they needed to do was just turn it into a movie you know, um, and you just increase the stakes at every level, and that's you're exactly right. It is methodical, uh, and it's confidently paced, and I don't think it's slow, although it is very methodical.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, so we open. You you sent me a message yesterday when you were watching this, and yeah. it said thirty seconds in, you figured out what it is. Yeah. Of course, I knew that's what it was going to be.
1: Yeah. Um, I figured out the connection. Yep. They both have people from the wire in them
0: exactly what it was. Yep. Good job. <laughs>
1: John Wick has two people from yeah. the
0: wire. Uh, so uh, Brian Cox, his dog Red, wakes him up, and they decide to go fishing. Mm-hmm. And they're fishing, and three young guys show up, uh, one led by their thin blonde leader, Who's such a schmarmy fuck? Like yeah. this actor really made me hate him in a in a great way. Complimenting yeah. this guy, unless he wasn't acting and he's just that schmarmy in real life, mm-hmm. he did a great job of really making me dislike this kid.
1: I have I have a question for you. Yes, why is it in movies little kids that we're supposed to like are named Danny, but teenagers who are shitbags are also named Danny? Like that's the one name that like every little kid is like Danny, even more than like Billy or Timmy, which is the generic name you would think you would hear more often. It's always Danny, mm-hmm. and shitbag teenagers are always named Danny.
0: It's a good question, and I don't think I have a good answer to it. It's weird. It's true. Uh and this is like a, a line that I remember from the book is, uh, and it's exactly here. Brian Cox, they tell he's they go to rob him, and he says there's twenty or thirty dollars in my truck in my wallet i won't Mm -hmm. say that you're welcome to it but i'm not going to stop you right and like that's like the real first line that you get like who who avery is Mm -hmm. um avery
1: uh brian
0: cox av we'll call him brian cox but you you get who he is as a character and that's like the perfect line in that he is he's a good guy but he's kind of he's methodically thought out um but he's still kind of giving them a little shit without being dumb about it, you know? Yeah. Uh, And that was taken exactly from the book. And I love that line so much because it really lets you know who he is.
1: Mm -hmm. It it is. It is a
0: really good line. That whole
1: tête-à-tête there is is really good. Mm
0: -hmm. And all that dialogue, like I was watching, and it's just like, like I almost wish I was reading the book as you're watching it because it just follows everything along. Exactly. Uh, And they don't have enough, he doesn't have enough money, he didn't make it worth their time, so blonde kid shoots and kills his dog. Mm -hmm. And it sucks. Yeah.
1: His 14-year-old
0: dog. So he goes and buries the dog, Mm -hmm. and goes and visits his longtime friend, Richard Reilly, who I love. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know what I'm talking about? giant mustache the lawyer, yeah. yeah with the giant mustache i
1: didn't know his name but when you said right. that i
0: yep I uh it was. and his lawyer's kind of like you're kind of fucked this is we, he might get a hundred dollar fine yeah basically
1: and 10 days in jail if you're lucky
0: um so he goes to wait did he go to the he went to see tom sizemore first right
1: yeah he go he goes to see tom sizemore
0: who's the kid's dad? Right. Cuz he does a little bit of digging. He goes to a gun store, finds out who the kid is.
1: Yeah. The guns the gun store manager owner. Mm-hmm. That's the guy. That's uh one of the guys from the wire. Oh, okay.
0: The big guy. That's the connection. Yeah. Got it. Um and he points him towards Tom Sizemore. Tom Sizemore is the two of the kid's dads.
1: He's the dad of two of the kids. What did I say? You said he's two of the kid's dads. <laughs> Which is maybe correct factually, yes, but not correct grammatically. No, 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 not in the Very slightest. Confusing. I want to
0: see that Jack Ketchum didn't write that line. <laughs> <laughs> so, how's your thing of water? Uh, he goes, he goes, and uh, visits Tom Sizemore, who is a rich dude, uh, and he's described later as uh, um, being like a, a rich guy who hasn't who's forgotten that he's actually just white trash or something along those lines right
1: yeah, he, he's he's white trash with money
0: basically. yes mm-hmm. uh and he is for, first of all i don't know if this was good casting because i fucking don't like tom sizemore
1: this is tom sizemore at his best
0: but yeah where he's just not supposed to be liked
1: he's, he's mostly sober and a total shitbag. bag
0: yeah Yeah. Um, My worst experience at a convention ever was with Tom Sizemore. All right. Um, I was considering getting him to sign something from the Relic uh, movie, uh, horror movie. Uh, And somebody that I worked with at the time wanted me to get something from Tom Sizemore. They really liked him. So I went to him and I was like, hey, can I get you to sign this or whatever? And he literally didn't acknowledge us. It was my wife and I didn't acknowledge us. Uh, the handler took the money, and he signed it and slid it forward at me. Nice. And I was like, I'm absolutely not getting you to give – you're not getting any of my money, personally. And it was wonderful because at the convention, the first day is when I got him to sign, and they had him set up. Like, they were anticipating this big line. And on day two, they moved him to this other side where, like, everybody that didn't have lines were. And it was like – It was awesome, and like even the promoters had made comments or whatever, like "Hey, thanks for everybody. Everybody had a great time, except for one guest. It sure seemed like, or like they didn't, but it was obviously they were saying Tom Sizemore's a dick, and he's never been back to any of those (laughs) conventions at all. Uh, So I don't have any problem saying that I really believe he's a dick. Nice. So he's the dick in the movie uh, because he basically says, "My kids said they didn't do it. You're mistaken." Go fuck yourself, Brian Cox. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is something that's a little bit harder, I think, in a movie. They did fine in the movie. You can't do any better. But like when you're reading this book, the way that it's set up and the way it's built, it's like a huge moment. Like, oh my goodness, that person was a spy. Like that type of a huge turn when you hear him say the line like, uh, well, I'm sorry. I think you're mistaken. Like you're like, holy shit! I can't believe the dad just said that when you're reading the book. Hmm. Um, just the way that it's built and yeah. what you can do with words, but you can't do with that because the whole idea is he's going there and he's trying to let the father make do right. Yeah. Whether he's going to make him work in Brian Cox's uh, store for a while. Like I was thinking about this. Like after the book, I was like, what did he want to see have it happen? Mm-hmm. And I think brian cox's character would have legit been happy with like you need to go volunteer and buy me a new dog and work at a vet clinic for 100 hours like something like that you know
1: i think you would have been happy with an admittance and an apology yeah
0: I, no that's true you're absolutely right Just, but, but you know
1: own up to it
0: mm-hmm.
1: and say that i'm gonna try to do better in the future
0: because i think he even said like i'm not one to judge young people for doing something dumb or whatever mm-hmm. you know yeah um so that like even more you're ingratiating yourself to this brian cox character and you really are liking him as it's going through uh but tom sizemore doesn't want to have anything to do with it he's just like fuck you i'm gonna protect my kids because you sure as shit know that he did that yeah tom sizemore knows that his kid did that yeah he
1: knows his kid's a dirtbag, but he's his kid he's his oldest son and like that's his name
0: yeah i've I think I've said this before, but it's it's relevant with this, in that as I'm getting older, um, I I still have the fear that something is going to happen to my children. But then I have the fear if I'm not a good enough dad, that they are going to do something wrong. Mm -hmm. Uh, and we've already established like my unhealthy like fear of something happening to them, and it's probably an unhealthy fear that something they're going to do something wrong. Yeah, like I don't. Where I grew up, the our next door neighbor who is a fucked up kid super fucked up kid robbed, a, tried to rob a bank. Huh. nice. Yeah. Uh, and I, I see I have a cousin that tried to rob
1: a bank and I, cousin s- your neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I like, you could see how that happened because he was raised so fucked up. He was fucked up when he was little, mm-hmm. like this little kid would take straight pins on the bus and poke kids with straight pins.
1: Like it's nature plus nurture.
0: It absolutely is. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm scared that I don't want to be put in that position that Tom Sizemore was in, where you still love your kid yeah, and you want to protect them, but they are a dirtbag.
1: But you also would think, like, uh, I, I'm going to outwardly defend you, but inwardly you're going to get some shit.
0: Oh, for sure. But
1: there's, there's a zero chance of that anything like that happened
0: yeah no no you're you're exactly right like if if we would have had a scene that was them alone like as soon as Brian Cox left he was like give me that gun you were never getting this gun again i'm going to protect you but yeah. your ass is grass like the at looks, least you could have respected and understood Tom Sizemore's position
1: yeah like the uh stranger things season 2 volume 2 whatever moment you've you've seen volume 2 right yeah but i don't recall exactly like what. the main ship bag like turns out his his dad kicks his ass and and everything yeah and that's why he's a shitbag
0: mm-hmm. i've said shitbag a lot in this episode i don't know why yeah you have yeah um so brian cox is like well hell i'm not getting any help there what's my next step that's when he goes to richard really mm-hmm. and he's like there's nothing for you to do you're screwed yeah so he decides to keep going forward what's his next step
1: uh speaking of bad actors robert england
0: so I wrote here get ready for overacting. And I don't feel like he overacted necessarily. But uh, he's
1: my note at least for this initial scene is uh Robert England is a better actor when he doesn't really have to act. Like he was just playing like white trash guy in a wife beater uh and he mostly didn't say anything yeah and it totally worked yeah I didn't,
0: he wasn't bad in this movie like i really expected like oh man like even tom sizemore who i don't like is doing fine in this movie so far the kids are great brian cox is always fantastic and i was like fuck it's robert england
1: we're gonna get wishmaster robert england yeah, or yeah
0: brace yourself yeah. uh and it wasn't he did fine and he plays the poor friend of the two boys uh father father. the father Father of the of the the poor friend uh and he's kind of just like i don't want to talk about this basically tom sizemore told and brian cox even says that oh tom sizemore must have called you yeah
1: and i like i like the i like the brian cox's character uh he's not he's not like overly confident he's not like that kind of ah, gotcha but as the parents are talking you know they're they're denying it and everything and then the mom goes well what if he's sorry and Brian Cox you know picks up on that right away and goes well how can you be sorry if he didn't if he, if he didn't do it and the mom's like oh you know shit <laughs> uh
0: and i thought the mom did a really good job too mm-hmm. um yeah it's pretty solid all the way through the only real complaint that i have about this movie is it feels like there's times when this was like in the early age of digital or something, and it looked a little rough Some like soft like soft around the edges and stuff, it seems odd.
1: I feel like that's a lot of magnolia pictures it might like be they they are they have hit and miss indie films, but they all kind of look a little bit alike, and I feel like they.
0: The scenes that I'm really thinking of were like bright daylight and I'm not, I don't know of enough of the tech aspects of it, but I feel like whatever they were using, like when it was really bright outside, the camera had a hard time picking everything up.
1: Yeah. Uh, the, the kind of opening shot when he goes in to, to feed red and you know, the the window is right there. I was like, Oh, we Reds that's right. I saw Magnolia pictures at the beginning. That's why it looks like this. Yeah.
0: Yep. Um, which I think it overcomes that, like you don't find yourself being distracted by it looking rough, but that's just something that I noticed yeah. throughout. Um, so but, he's not giving up. No.
1: And so the lawyer's not giving up for him, and he brings a reporter.
0: Mm-hmm. So she's going to do an expose without naming any names, saying, hey, these someone, three boys, killed my dog, and I can't prosecute in the hopes that he is going to get enough attention that it starts getting public support and outcry enough that the prosecutor for the county or town mm-hmm. will decide to push forward with this.
1: Yeah. Like it'll be in their best interest. Yes. Too.
0: However, it is not because Tom Sizemore uses his money and connections to squash it.
1: He starts a rumor about, um, them having a beef with because he threw him out of his store. Um, He's obviously greasing palms in the background. Definitely.
0: Yeah. Um, so Tom, I'm sorry, uh, Brian Cox. Uh, what's in between him going to the house again with the dog?
1: Uh, the the brick gets thrown through the window. Yep.
0: He ends up having a brick come through his window, threatening him.
1: It's a little on the nose, but okay. Mm-hmm. I guess they're kids, whatever. Uh and then the reporter leaves because she has to do something about a fire
0: yeah well she gets pulled off of it again they're crediting tom sizemore with this that he's the one pulling more strings to get things pulled off of it
1: yeah i like that at this point in the movie my biggest uh question of the movie was is that small town lawyer working for free and that's when he goes, you know I can't work for free. <laughs> I was like, damn it. It's right there.
2: Thanks. Answer my question. It's great. Uh,
0: yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so they keep one-upping back and forth. And he ends up going to, I think after he finds out there's nothing else. They're kind of at a dead end.
1: Mm-hmm. He starts uh, following them. He's
0: following the kid. Yeah. Uh, the main kid. And he lures him into a trap in which he gets the opportunity to punch this kid a couple times
1: right well before that harold comes up to him like you see like through montage of them following that danny's a total shitbag and he uh abuses harold and everything and so harold comes in and apologizes uh and he's like well thank you but you know i need to hear it from him and um, eventually follows him.
0: To the baseball game. Yeah. Uh, and he watches Danny strike out.
1: Really badly.
0: Yeah, terribly. Uh, meanwhile, Robert England's kid did a good job, Pete. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Brian Cox ends up following him and sets up this. He uh,
1: storms off after he strikes out. He strikes out and storms off. Like hitting and, the fence. Yeah, yeah. Pete and Harold have to run and get and jump into the car because he's taken off.
0: Yep. He's just having a little baby fit. Yep. So Brian Cox follows him, and he congratulates Pete on how good of a swing he has Mm -hmm. and insults Danny in the middle of the street in downtown bumfuck nowhere,
2: Yeah.
0: uh, knowing that it's going to prompt Danny to come at him with a baseball bat. Mm -hmm. And it works. Yeah. So because he got hit first, he retaliates with a few blows.
1: He grabs the baseball bat immediately hits him in the gut punches him
0: in the face yep and he's like look we're even now you could have just said you were sorry but instead i had to do this don't go fuck yourself everybody just saw this happen yeah i've got tons of witnesses and And he's he's done he feels like he's accomplished his revenge or Mm -hmm. his punishment has been doled out um but i don't think he's thrilled with himself about this so he drinks he goes into the bar it's the first time he's been to a bar
1: the town is happy also because Obviously, he's a yes. a troublemaker, so he gets a free steak dinner. Yep. He gets shots on the house. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: and then he gets a phone call.
0: The bartender gets a phone call. The bartender played by Jack Ketchum. Oh, okay. Cool. Not credited as such. He's credited under his real name. Uh, but, yeah, that's Jack Ketchum was the bartender. So, nice okay. little writer cameo they gave him. Nice. Yeah. Fun fact. Uh, this movie's direct, uh, credited to two directors, which I'm sure you saw. Yeah the first director's name is lucky McKee and he was removed X length of time into shooting. And I tried to Google more reasons and everybody's always like, there's never been a reason, but it's hard to know when you're reading that, if that was being said in 2012 yeah. and since, now. but I couldn't find any answer to it. Um, <clears throat> but uh, lucky McKee went on to co-write a few books with Jack Ketchum and direct multiple movies based off books that he's written. So, Whatever the issue was there, Jack Ketchum and Lucky McKee obviously befriended one another.
1: Hmm. That's cool.
0: Yeah. Um, So at the bar, he gets a phone call, and Jack Ketchum tells him, you need to go to your store because it is burned to the ground. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Crazy obvious who's responsible, obviously. Yeah. Um, However, Tom Sizemore has made sure that all of them and Pete are away from... Parting it up at this big party at another house that they have, a vacation house mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Um, but he's got enough connections. Of course, he could have hired somebody to torch the building. Yeah. Um, so Brian Cox digs up red and wants to take it to that house.
1: Well, first he goes to confront, well, there were there were corroborations, there were alibis for Danny and Harold. Yes. But not for Pete. Correct. And then he goes to Pete's parents' house, and they just happen to be getting their house repaired, even though he's
0: unemployed. Yep. And they're, like, this is the one moment that, like, it, it's not, I think it's played overly. Like, they couldn't contain how giggly they were. And th- I think that's what they were going for. But Robert England and his wife were, like, obviously, like, we have a secret. We know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And we're just one step away from winking at, at Brian Cox. Because they're they- winning. Of course they're they're happy about that. Absolutely. Because their life is garbage. I was going to say they've been. And they have never won before. They've been perennial losers. So, yeah, they're actually won something. Uh, Guess
1: what? You're going to lose again very soon.
0: Yes. Uh, And uh, Brian Cox is sure that that's exactly what happened. They made sure. Because he he even said, like, how many times has Pete been invited over to that place before? Uh, And he never had. This is the first time. Uh, so then Brian Cox takes the dog and he wants to just show them what they did. Right. So his dog that's been in the ground for presumably weeks at this time, at the very least days, mm-hmm. uh, he wants to take it and show it to him. Like, look, this is what happened. Yeah. And Tom Sizemore and his family open the door to him standing there and they have guns drawn.
1: Yeah. Danny and Tom Sizemore do. Yes. And then Danny shoots him in the head. He
0: shoots him in the ear. He
1: aims at his head. He aims he at his head. He blocks the thing at right yes. the last second, so it only shoots him in the ear. Yes.
0: Uh, so Brian Cox is like, I got you now, motherfucker. You just tried to fucking kill me. We're gonna go to the police station right now. And he, I'm going he basically to basically
1: kidnaps him at gunpoint. He kidnaps him at gunpoint with, with his own gun and makes
0: him drive. Yeah. Knowing that there's no way that Tom Sizemore is going to do anything because he has his son in the car. Mm-hmm. Any father wants to protect his son. Isn't going to do anything. Right. However, he forgot to throw the Tom Sizemore factor into that because he totally runs him off the fucking road while his son is driving the car. Yeah. Crashes. And they assume that they kill Brian Cox.
1: Not only do they assume he, Danny hits him. Tom Sizemore makes Danny hit him in the head with a stick or something.
0: Yes. It's like a big, big, so a big club. Yep. Brian Cox, however, is not dead. Right. Makes his way back to the house yes. again because he is the most resilient motherfucker He's like ever. He's 70 years old. <laughs> and is
1: like, fuck. <laughs> I gotta get my dog. <laughs> like limped away. Lumped, limped away from the accident. Has multiple open head wounds. Just like, I need, I need my
0: dog. Gotta get my dog. It was a gift from his dead wife, right? Right. It was important. We skipped his backstory, too, which is very interesting.
1: And this is the one scene in the movie that I did not like.
0: Because
1: I it seemed like an info dump for the sake of an info dump, and I'm sure it worked great in the book. I, but in the movie, it just kind of comes out of nowhere.
0: I would agree with that. And I was going to save this for the end, but the big reason that I think it works better in the book is because dun dun dun, Brian Cox bangs the reporter throughout the book, hmm. so like I think I'm not faulting the movie that
1: deserve a dun dun dun
0: because I because you wouldn't think that like you wouldn't see that coming I don't think
1: the whole time I was like God they're gonna they're gonna get together they're gonna fuck and it's gonna ruin this movie um that's the whole thing that's what i was thinking the whole time in the
0: movie i think the casting of brian cox was great but i think by the time you put brian cox in that role he doesn't feel like a sexual character brian cox doesn't
1: neither did the dude from deadly eyes
0: um i feel no i feel like he's way more sexual than brian cox
1: maybe relatively but i don't know
0: um but i've
1: seen about schmidt old people have sex
0: it's true, but they don't have, the most 60-year-old people don't have sex with 30-something people. Um, but in the book, um, I think uh, Brian Cox's character is a little bit more, I not want to say George clooney because that's too good, but you get what I'm saying. He's a little bit more he's, he's Yeah, he's Jim Varney.
1: Jim Varney is your reach for ruggedly good-looking? <laughs> yeah not uh the uh the the guy from the big lebowski i almost said the dude from the big lebowski but that's not the right word to use for that exact no reference no uh yeah that guy what's his name don't know you know who i'm talking about though right no. the narrator have you seen the big lebowski once the mustache guy
0: oh yeah i know who you're talking about yeah the guy with the voice from lonesome dove yeah yeah tom elliott yeah yeah, he's more Tom Elliottish or whatever. Yeah, that's not a good Jim Varney.
1: Brian Cox better looking than Jim Varney.
0: <laughs> anyway, so but I feel like that's in the in the book that's being told like as like postcoital conversation, and she draws it out of him, and there's more of a relationship there mm. than than just a friend or whatever. Yeah. But you're you're not wrong with that at all. Um, but we didn't talk about what his backstory is. His backstory is his wife is dead because he had two sons. One of which was mentally disturbed his entire life. Thought that he killed his mom and beat her up, so he set fire to the younger son and then lit his mother on fire as well and killed her. Mm-hmm. Pretty dark stuff.
2: Yeah.
0: Thanks, Jack Ketchum, for making me feel terrible about life. <laughs> <laughs> um, so now... So he finds Harold. He finds the Harold. The stoop. Yes. Who appropriately
1: says... God, why the fuck aren't you dead? <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, and they, he says that they went to Barry Red, Or throw him in the they woods. They threw him in the woods. Threw Cause him cause a,
1: e- he goes, because it's evidence, you idiot.
0: Yeah. Uh, so they throw him in the woods. Uh, he goes out there to find him because Brian Cox is relentless. Mm-hmm. Like, he will not give this shit up. At some point, you have to throw in the flag or, or something like he could at this point to, get to a
1: hospital. He
0: has been att- they have attempted to murder him twice. Mm-hmm. Danny has tried to murder him twice. The others are accomplices. Uh, Tom Sizemore is even more guilty because he. Uh, you know,
1: it actually did attempted murder. Yes.
0: Uh, but no, he needs to get his dog still. Mm-hmm. So he goes into the woods and this is when you see Brian Cox uh go full like john wick autumn sure uh because the shootout shoes, and it's like this this reservoir dog style shootout right
1: yeah like <laughs> it's definitely more reservoir dogs than john wick
0: yeah <laughs> and There's no gun uh and w- what's our culmination here how does this mini shootout work
1: uh he he shoots pete tom Sizemore, and danny uh pete was unarmed uh he gets shot twice and either tom sizemore or danny shot and killed harold
0: yep killed his own son Mm
1: -hmm. and pete's dead and danny and tom sizemore are gravely injured
0: yes and brian cox takes the time to say like you see that one of you guys just shot and killed your son or your brother.
1: It doesn't even matter who it was. Nope. Yeah. And he gets his dog. Well, I I, I love to me, this entire movie is that, that scene where he tells the reporter, I couldn't let it go. Why couldn't I let it go? Yeah. So he admits that he was wrong. It's all his fault. It's all his fault. That's what he feels Mm -hmm. because he couldn't let it go. And I, that's, to me what this movie is. Cuz
0: he's not wrong. No. But he's also you were rooting with him. You wanted him to do that shit the whole time. Yeah. But he's right. Had he let it go and just chalked it up to terrible people or terrible people, it wouldn't have happened. Um but when you're going through that motion, you don't have hindsight to look back on. Yeah. Um but she brings him a new puppy mm-hmm. and he can start his life anew.
1: Yeah. What's I have an idea in my head. What should he name that puppy?
0: Oh, I don't know what. Rose. Why?
1: Because it's a red, but it's female. Hmm. Rose.
0: Nice. Did you know Brian Cox was also in the other red? <laughs> yes, the, I did. And the other red, too. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. There's there's a red, too, for this one?
0: No, no, no. Okay. No, there's a red. He was in red, red, and red, too. Yeah.
1: Is that like a First Blood, First Blood Part Two, or Rambo, First Blood Part Two, and then Rambo Three? Like, do
0: you do you think there was that moment when he saw the red, not this red, that he was like, "I kind of got to do this movie now." It was either one of two things: he had to, he decided he wanted to do it before he even knew what it was, because he had already been in a movie called Red, or he was like, "I don't want to do this," and then read it and was like, "This is so fucking good, I got to do another Red."
1: The whole time I'm watching this movie, here's what I'm picturing. He read this book, loved it, and said, "We have to make this movie because he's a producer on it." Oh yeah, so that's that was my guess. My guess is he said, "Make this movie, let's make it happen."
0: Yeah, I could see that.
1: I could be completely wrong, but, but that's the, the impression that I got because, I, yeah, I, this is a great movie, but I, I don't know. I don't. I didn't expect. Like it seems below, his station. I don't know
0: you think so i feel like this is exactly where he excels
1: it's where he excels yes but i don't know it's not exactly the right thing to say But i just feel like this was definitely a passion project for him whether whether he was a catalyst or just fell in love with it that this wasn't this wasn't a, this definitely wasn't a paycheck movie for him no no
0: but i don't think that all the i think he's the kind of guy that does like the one for them one for me thing yeah um As good of an actor as he is, he doesn't know how to drink a beer. Did you see that?
1: What the fuck? I just, the whole time I'm thinking, is that how men drink? (laughs) Because, like, here's how I drink. Like, one maybe two fingers and a thumb. and, And just kind of. He takes his whole hand. Wraps it around it and, like, twists at the wrist. But
0: not only that, but he doesn't put the tab down. The tab was perpendicular. The tab was straight up up and down. And it wasn't even, like, the first drink I could get if he's like, I'm so stressed, I need this beer. Like, I'm not going to take the time to put the tab down.
1: But he sets the beer down. And leaves
0: it there and then picks it back up. And this whole time, Justin has been demonstrating by drinking.
1: Yeah, on the audio podcast.
0: (laughs) He's drinking again, showing me his techniques for drinking and and he's testing out brian cox's so right now justin has his hand wrapped around it like andre the giant with the tab up and is attempting to drink you using his forearm what did that feel just how'd that feel wrong that was all forearm I action feel there more wrong. it looks like you have a cast on like that you can't move your wrist when you're trying to do that like elbow up straight in the air
1: <laughs> uncomfortable uncomfortable
0: uh what if I did tell you that's how men do it? Would you start doing that? No, I don't care. <laughs> you, you like walk into a bar. You're like, give me a grape soda, and then just pop the tab and leave it straight up, and then bend at the forearm. Shouldn't
1: want Fresca. <laughs> Fresca's is the girl drink, is it? It's probably the girl, the girliest of sodas. I
0: started drinking Diet tab, also acceptable. After. I started drinking way too late, but I feel like I would really enjoy a Zima right now, and I don't think those exist because everybody made fun of them for being girl drinks.
1: Smirnoff Ice is the new Zima.
0: Oh, I love off ice. <laughs> <laughs> They're delightful. <laughs> They're wonderful.
1: Okay. I think yes, I might would like a Zima.
0: I think I might have told the story on the podcast. So, w- I didn't drink for the longest time and then uh, I was peer pressured into it. And uh, I had Smirnoff ice and I was like, "These are delightful." <laughs> so, I went to a concert and with you we drove to Denver for a concert. Okay. And I was like, uh, yeah, can I get a Smirnoff? And they like started to grab like liquor Smirnoff. Yeah. And I was like, no, 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 no. I want one in a bottle. And he was like, What the fuck are you talking about? And I'm like, no, it's like in a bottle. He's like, I think I might have one. Hold on. I think I saw one in there. So he's digging through Do you remember this? Yes, I do. <laughs> he's digging I dig through. How I do. He's digging through this cooler. And then like picks it up and like dusts it off. Like no man has ever ordered this before. I think someone's mom brought this in and left it here one day. This is from
1: Ladies Night in 2001.
0: Here you are, sir. I I guess that will be what? What do we charge for this shit? John, 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 $3, $4, $4? that will be $12 for that drink, sir, because you are a fucking <laughs> pussy with no balls. That is less respectful than Justin just ordering a, a pop. that you wanted a smeared off ice. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I was definitely the man that night. (laughs) There was uh, uh, another concert that I went to not long, uh, probably around the same time, and I went and I tried to order that again. Uh, it might have been before this because they gave me the Smirnoff, which I was like, had never really drank real alcohol. So they gave me this little drink and I was like, I didn't want to be like, this isn't what I thought that I was ordering. Cause you
1: can't Smirnoff is vodka. You can't just say Smirnoff.
0: I know that now, <laughs> but remember you known
1: that then. No, like, I don't you had know. The weird experience.
0: I, like I said, I don't remember the order that they happened Jeff. in, but I remember at one point I ordered at a concert at a bar and they gave me this just vile, gasoline tasting liquid it's and vodka. i w- and i had to pay for it and then i was just like depressed and felt like i was obligated to drink it because i paid the my 12 dollars for it or whatever it was horrible
1: should go on nickel shot night
0: oh uh, is that a thing
1: <laughs> it's a john mulaney bit oh i was gonna say that doesn't feel healthy. i feel
0: like everyone would just be dead if there was <laughs> yeah. nickel shots that's basically the point of the joke uh well that was funny as john mulaney
1: yeah kind of
0: yeah that's what I do. Then he goes into uh,
1: being a drunk eight-year-old.
0: I went, I went down to
1: O'Halligan's. It was nickel shot night, for a quarter they gave me this many. It's a good bit. Oh, I love. I've been getting. I've been listening to more stand-up comedy. I normally listen to music at work, uh, but I'm listening to more stand-up comedy albums. Uh, John Mulaney is definitely up there in my all-time favorites now.
0: I feel like... uh hosting so SNL tomorrow night.
1: Or he hosted last week. Nope.
0: This is going to make for great Ch- audio Ch- when people listen Chadwick to Bozeman it in two is, years. Is uh, this week. We need to set some sort of a date or a deadline or an episode number for you to do your type five. Because <laughs> you've been talking about this for like a year and a half now. That's
1: been my joke for years and years. Okay. Is that I'm working on my tight 5. That's well, just a that's just a joke I that I have.
0: I don't know about that. I feel like you were really saying you had that coming.
1: I mean, I always have notes, but I don't think any of it's good. Okay. I mean, I could perform my tight 5 here, but eh.
0: yeah. Yeah. I, I burped. We got a burped
1: off mic, but I'm pretty sure it got listened I'm pretty sure the mic picked it up, so mm. I'm going to admit to
0: it. Um Anything we're missing from Red Justin?
1: No, uh, that covers it top to bottom. Uh
0: really great. I really really liked it. I love the book. I like the movie. Um
1: if you can't do slow movies, it's not for you, but if you can, then it's it's worth it and it's great.
0: Yeah, and I don't feel like like everything just progresses. It's just a constant stream of of moving up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um little intermission right here uh it's happened a few times now and i just had another time where like real life intersected with the podcast okay uh and it was awkward so of course i have to talk about it do you recall me telling the story about getting pulled over on the way to florida of course the the toothbrush the toothbrush uh so the person that was unnamed in that story because it was me tom kurosik and an unnamed person i hung out with that unnamed person last week and uh they were like had this big moment like they'd been you could tell had been holding on to it and working up to it or whatever and they were like russ i just wanted to apologize for having that in the car that's my fault i listened to the podcast and i really felt like you were upset about it (laughs) and it had been bothering them for a while like wow here and i was like no no I'm not upset about it. I wasn't upset about it then. Like, and I never went back. I should have went back and re-listened to how I told the story. Like you now, it up
1: for comedy because it's a it's a great story. Uh,
0: but 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 here's the thing: I didn't even think telling that story that any of it was negative towards that individual. Because it's the
1: thing that happened.
0: But yeah, yeah, but because it, they they were the one that owned the bowl. Right. They felt responsible for it. Mm-hmm. But then I started feeling guilty. Remember we're talking about like how we have feelings. So we're, I'm like, I'm feeling bad for making this person feel bad. Right, And uh, so I, I spent like a long time trying to convince them that this, I'm not, uh, I was not upset with them about it. I knew what I was doing when I got into that vehicle. That's the only time I've ever broke that rule.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I never drove with anything in the car. I've not since. I broke that rule one time. <laughs> And that's what happened. That's why I had that rule. I shouldn't have allowed myself in that position, but I allowed myself to, I would have, I I could have been mad at them if they would have snuck it into the car. Yeah. Then I could have been pissed. Yeah. But I knew what I was doing. I can't be, I was never mad at that individual, but like (laughs) for me, I'm like trying to figure out if I was negative telling that story. Do you recall? Like that wasn't the point of the story was look how absurd this is.
1: Right. I, you probably you probably played up the how could you do this to me angle. Maybe I, I, don't I might know. have. I might have. But, but uh, that's, yeah, it's yeah. fun.
0: But uh, yeah, it was like where the real life intersected, and I was like, oh, some of the stupid shit that I say <laughs> apparently it, it does have consequences. Um, but I, 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 uh, yeah, there was never any negative feeling, and like now I'm glad that it happened so that I have the story. Yeah, I have the story so, and the story for the story. Exactly. So that was like uh, the little postscript that we didn't even think was coming that I didn't think was going to happen yeah so
1: I have unknowingly broken that rule because I didn't know that yeah it's like oh I have let all my friends know how I feel and like made it known and then just like somebody gets in the car and oh they're a drug dealer now I didn't know that (laughs) so they just had lots of drugs on them cool thanks friends
0: (laughs) yeah i don't know the laws enough about that so i feel like
1: i don't think i would have gotten in trouble like i would have been a hassle yeah but unless somebody planted something on me or there was something under my seat specifically that i didn't know about
0: i remember so kevin smith has this great story that i'm going to ruin for him uh like he was going into canada and somebody that he had told somebody to get rid of all the pot because they didn't want to get in trouble and somebody missed some in their, in their tour bus or whatever. Mm-hmm. So he, uh, they got pulled over and it was kind of a, a bigger-ish deal or whatever. So they were going through the fines and stuff and searching it and everything. And he was like, look, I get it. You guys do what you got to do. I'm not upset or whatever. And they were going through and figuring out what they were doing and issuing fines and everything going into Canada. And uh, one of the Canadian... Police guys came over and he's like, hey, I just wanted to let you know I found out who you are and I didn't know that's who you were when we busted you. And he was like, well, i that's cool, but I wouldn't have expected you to do anything different if you did know who I was. He's like, no, 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 you fucking narcissistic asshole. I still would have done it. I just want you to know I didn't do it because I knew who you were. Oh, <laughs> But I love that story. As he was like, because it was immediately like he thought he was like, oh, I didn't know it was you. I wouldn't have done it. And he yeah, was he's like, he's trying
1: to be like, hey, I, you know, I, I know it's you, but uh, that's not why we did this. Yes, exactly. But he was thinking like, oh man, I thought if I'd known it was you, man, I totally wouldn't have done this.
0: Exactly. No, he still totally would have yeah. done it, but he was just letting him know. It's not the reason that he did it is because he was Kevin Smith. Yeah. And I was like that's kind of the coolest story cuz he totally <laughs> looks like the asshole with that. It was like, yeah. "Oh, you don't know who I am?" No, no problem.
1: Those are some of the best stories where the storyteller turns out to be the asshole it's totally un- un- unknowingly.
0: I feel like that's the majority of my stories.
1: That? <laughs> except for the unknowingly part.
0: It, oh. oh. Mm. oh. <laughs> um, John Wick, do you want me to go through my summary again? <laughs>
1: I think we're good.
0: Okay. Um so I f- what was your experience watching Red having already seen John Wick? Because in hindsight I probably should have done these backwards because then we would have had the same experience because I saw well no that wouldn't have happened because I'd already read Red. Yeah. So we couldn't have had the same we both experience. went
1: into the things we didn't know about with with things we did know about. Yes. Hey, I just said something
0: not at all profound. <laughs> I'm gonna blazing that on a t shirt.
2: <laughs> Yay!
1: That's me.
0: That was an incredibly dumb, like, obvious sentence. <laughs>
1: Did you ever have that where you're you say you think you're gonna say something not profound isn't the right word, but like this is going to be minimally insightful. And they're like, that got out of my mouth and that was uh that was dumb. That was not insightful at all. I've wasted all of your time. Uh you probably hate me now.
0: Um, but good day, sir. That is true. I did watch this only knowing what I already knew. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so what was that experience like you know, it was similar to every other moment of my life okay yeah <laughs> having compiled memories and thoughts and information uh and using that to assess new things that are presented in my life oh is that how you're supposed and to do it new stimuli yeah okay mm-hmm. okay i've just been walking around like a baby like what's that what's that <laughs> you look, like uh where'd you go like guy pierce from memento like every day everything's yeah. new just yeah. start over
1: mm-hmm. yeah except i'm I'm
0: too scared to get tattoos. Well, you're going to get getting one here soon. Eh, or am I? <laughs> uh, so, uh, you never answered my question. Um, I don't
1: feel like it, 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 other than the immediate, like, oh, I know where this is. I know what's going to happen as the inciting incident. Mm-hmm. Like, it didn't play into it at all. I don't really?
0: Like okay. All right. Let's go through Jenwick, and then I'll tell you my experience, I guess.
1: Okay. <laughs> why can't you just tell me your experience now
0: because i think anyway, okay, I'll, all right, fine. Play. i feel like i will but anyway i made the joke with the summary right these are the exact same movies you know what i mean <laughs> these are completely different movies that yes are the exact same movie. they're the exact same movie in that i feel like there could totally you could totally make the argument that john wick is a remake of red yeah just obviously tweaked to 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 be more action filled instead of slow paced, yeah. like there are so many similarities here that I have the question for you: Like, when does plagiarism come into play? Uh, I'm not saying that happened here. I'm yeah, not saying that. Happened.
1: I'm not. I'm not. I don't know that it was. And even if it was the idea, they're completely, completely different movies. Like, yes, shoots a dog and then uh Goes after
0: shoots dog given to him by the dead wife. Three people rob blonde kid. Father intervenes. But
1: w- you're looking. You, have you seen Pie? Yeah, yeah. You know when he says like whatever number you're looking for, you're gonna find it all over. That's that's I think what you're doing. Boo.
0: look. Three guys. One of them's blonde. The father intervenes. The dog shows up at the end. They're trying to bring him down. They're fighting the powerful father is the one that's actually the one that's doing it. I'm not saying that it's plagiaristic. I'm saying that the structure of this movie, the structure of both movies is exactly the same. It's just a matter of how you go about doing it. One, you're doing it a slow-paced, methodical thing, and the other one, you're doing it infused with adrenaline and guns.
1: But it's not at all their, their motivations are... are Maybe not their motivations. The inciting incident is the same. But after that, it is completely different because one is seeking revenge and one is seeking justice. Like, I mean, I guess we can get into it. But he says, like, the reason he's doing this is because that dog gave him a chance to grieve unalone, is is how he phrases it. And that was taken away from him and all he wants now is revenge Mm-hmm. and brian cox didn't want revenge he wanted justice all he like i said he would have been completely satisfied with just a you, you know what i i made a mistake i'm really sorry uh But I. I, I, But that's not what happened. They they still
0: had to keep progressing. I think that's semantics as far as the difference between revenge and justice. It's semantics that
1: it's three people. Like the fact that it's three people. Three is a number that we see
0: throughout that is played with forever. mm -hmm. You know. I. I'm not saying that it's plagiaristic. That wasn't what I was saying. I'm saying that it's crazy, the similarities, when maybe admittedly you are looking for them. It it totally could have been a remake. I guess they had a lot in common. Yes. But I think that... Now, here's my question. Yeah. When... Not talking about this, not asking your opinion on this. When does plagiarism turn into plagiarism? Because I feel like if you wanted to watch this, you could make the case that it was. I'm not saying I I don't I honestly don't think that's the case. I feel like the way the stories that you, aren't intellectual property. I feel like the way that you would ideas end, aren't intellectual property. I feel like the way that you end a movie about this is exactly the way both these end. Like I feel like if you sat down with two people and told them this premise, it, they're both going to end exactly the way these end. By getting a new dog. Uh, one the the new dog is is
1: about a new life and the the end of John Wick it's like it's like incidental yes he winds up in a veterinary clinic and and grabs a dog out of there but i don't feel like it has the weight or is uh is definitely doesn't have the weight and it isn't exactly
0: the same okay uh so i don't i kind of want to watch whatever movie it is but john carpenter just won a plagiarism lawsuit against uh a movie that basically said they remade escape from l a or escape from new York I don't know which one mm-hmm. uh he just won that, so I really want to watch those two to see where where those two where they lie
1: It'd probably be difficult nah, the internet exists nothing's difficult, but yeah
0: um but I feel like the parallels are 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 too many to ignore, obviously, you don't agree. You didn't feel when you were watching Red for the first time that you saw those parallels happening?
1: Like, I I kept waiting for the moment where he was going to seek vengeance, and he never did. So that's why they're completely different movies to me. They have the same inciting incident, yeah, but, like, uh, the Red is a character piece. Like, Brian Cox's character, I think you said his name's Avery, I don't remember. Yeah. He's a he's a character. He's a fully realized character, and the movie is about his character in the past, present, and future. Mm-hmm. John Wick is a isn't about the character of John Wick; it's about the mythos of John John Wick, mm-hmm. and that's that's what they build up. Red is about the the character of of him, and that's why they go into the backstory with his sons and his wife and everything. This like the wife dies in the beginning and it like that's just it like you get that he left this organization for her but it's all incidental it's all to build up the mythos because john Uh, wick isn't much of a
0: character no i feel like john wick is the movie that if you gave michael bay a copy of red to make he would make john wick
1: no Michael I Michael Bay is not close to good enough of a storyteller or a filmmaker to make John Wick. I there, agree. There weren't that many explosions. I agree. There, I don't know that there were any
0: explosions. My point is is that I feel like John Wick is just red on adrenaline and guns. And okay. I, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying it's factually what it is. Like I'm not I, I like John Wick. I'm not saying negative. I'm saying it's your opinion on what it is and I disagree i am saying you're wrong and i'm turning your audio down now so it's just me talking
1: hey come on what are you doing <laughs> stop it
0: um so john wick we see him and it opens with him having an old car well it opens. it opens
1: all tarantino-y and i forgot that it did that it, it begins
0: at the end oh yeah i forgot about that yeah um But anyway, what is it with old cars in movies? The ratio of number of people that have old cars in movies to real life is absurd. I'm fine with this one because they explain it's who he is as a character. But I wrote that note before I found that out. But I still want to have that conversation.
1: I I think that it's the the American muscle car is still a, a symbol in America with manliness. And so that... 62 to 75 ish muscle car era you know that pre that pre uh oil crisis kind of muscle car before i just watched fuel economy drove uh imports and and ford and dodge and chevy did to, to make smaller cars like that is a myth that is our modern day old west
0: type thing i just watched multiplicity With my kids, a great movie. I fucking love. That's a fantastic movie. No, no irony in my voice. That is a good movie. I rewatched it today. I watched the entire thing with both of my kids, who loved it. That movie was one that we had on VHS constantly. My brother and my niece still call my dad Steve from that movie. (laughs) They 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 straight up call him Steve, and I'm pretty sure my kids are going to start calling my dad Steve now. (laughs) Whose name is not Steve? Yeah, uh, from that movie. Uh, like I think about it and I quote it to myself and other people constantly who have no idea what the fuck I'm referencing. Like if I'm finishing off a drink, I'm I'll be like, I don't remember, and <laughs> and they have no idea what I'm doing. I need to watch that again. But for here's while. the point: I'm pretty sure *Multiplicity* is
1: one of the first, probably the first ten DVDs that we ever owned. Here's the, thing, the household.
0: But here's the thing: the DVD that we just got. Is a pan and scan. Blech. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? This is a pan and scan DVD. No. I I can't wrap my head around it. It's Chris. Is and, it
1: is it full screen?
0: Yeah. Ugh.
1: I remember the early days of DVD where there was full screen and there was widescreen, yeah. and you would get oh they have one copy left. Boop. You get home like fuck. It's the full screen. Yep. Even though I had a four by three TV, I, I didn't get a sixteen by nine TV until like two thousand and seven, eight, like real late. Yeah, uh, on my four by three CRT, loved widescreen. That was the way to watch movies.
0: Yeah. Uh, anyway, the point is at the end of that movie, two, three, and four, the clones of Michael Keaton. Drive off in like a sixty-something Impala, convertible, mm-hmm. like a fifteen thousand dollar car. They just drive away in.
1: Right, I mean it was, it was barely an antique at that time. But yeah, it's so what like ninety two. No, later than that. Was it? I'm sure. Oh yeah, he probably would have been doing Batman Returns in ninety. That, well, that was
0: ninety one, ninety two. I don't know. Anyway. Point is, is I feel like they show up constantly. Um, we see Willem Dafoe because they're going to a funeral, right? He mm-hmm. goes to a funeral. Yeah, Willem Dafoe's like, "Hey, His good wife's to see funeral. you." Blah blah blah. Uh, and it reminded me, not that long ago, I uh, listened to an audio book that Willem Dafoe was the reader on. He read it to you, uh, and it took me a little while to figure it out because everything Willem Dafoe says, like there would be like a little girl character that he's talking he's saying her lines mm-hmm. and I'm like is this little girl supposed to be nefarious because it's Willem Defoe saying her lines and he just like the way he speaks I'm like what's her ulterior motive with this wanting a candy cane or whatever it was yeah. just like these innocent words that this little girl is saying and I'm like because it's him saying them. I'm like, hmm. She's up to something. She's up to something. This little fucking. <laughs> She's girl. gonna stab somebody with that candy cane. So was so it till like halfway through the book? I was like, everyone is not a suspect. It's because it's Willem <laughs> Dafoe talking. <laughs> Can you imagine him doing like Midnight in the Orient Express or something? Just like
1: I every I everybody did it everybody did it <laughs> that's it's simultaneously it's
0: so much it was confusing for the longest time but it was great and he did do a good job once i was able to listen to it knowing who it was that's great
1: we don't see his penis in this movie so that's a bonus
0: do we see a lot of Willem Dafoe's penis i, feel like
1: I see a lot of, i think i remember a lot of Willem Dafoe's penis but
0: i don't think i can may have just burned it something
1: all. it may have just been burned into my brain <laughs> Uh, okay. Did you ever see The Last Temptation of Christ? No. Willem Dafoe played a good Jesus. Yeah, yeah. That's a good movie. I highly recommend it. Scorsese. Willem Dafoe as Jesus.
0: I have not seen it. It's good. Willem. It's Defoe kind of fucked up. But always that's good. has looked like he's one step away from dying.
1: Yes. Like
0: always. Yes. He. Be, yeah. He
1: has. Uh, sold his soul to Satan, for those cheekbones. <laughs> and he's paying the price every day.
0: Yeah. Uh, also, what is the trope with raining at funerals? Every fucking movie. I was thinking rains. that. Yeah, it like, rains at a funeral in every movie. I just
1: made me think if I make a movie and there's a funeral in it, it's going to be the sunniest ass funeral in the world because it's going to be like, oh, it's the weather's real nice because life fucking goes on like the weather doesn't care that the person you love most in the world is dead.
0: No, Uh. But
1: filmmakers are like the rain shows his emotions like he he can't cry because he's a man. But God is crying for him. But
0: here's the other thing. Everybody owns a f- the exact same black umbrella. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you if I went to a funeral and it was raining, I would show up with a fucking Spider-Man umbrella <laughs> and a purple and white y- YMCA umbrella because those are the two umbrellas <laughs> that I own. <laughs> yep. And I have to feel like the majority of people don't all own the exact same black... Am I the only person on Earth that doesn't own a but also, black he's, he's funeral rich, umbrella? Also,
1: he's rich, so he probably has a bunch of rich friends. That's true. But they're going to own black stuff. I'm not
0: even just talking about this movie, though. I'm talking about every movie. It's the same thing. Yeah. Also, there, in no movie, is there ever the one random person that just shows up in jeans at the funeral? Yeah. Because that absolutely happens. God
1: damn it. Why is why is Scott here? He... Oh, he ruins everything. <laughs> Get a pair of pants, Scott. <laughs> it's not what she would have wanted. <laughs>
0: uh, but yeah, that's totally a trope, right? We're on yeah. the same page with that. Okay, good. So uh, then he gets a puppers. He does, uh, which somehow is immediately potty trained. Not only that, did you know? Yeah, you told me about the dog poop. Go oh, ahead and repeat yeah. It. It's it's a CGI turd.
1: That's five thousand dollars of their budget right but, there. But it also wasn't a good
0: one because no. that turd is too big for that dog. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of dog turds. Yeah, the ratio of dog to turd there was not accurate, and at it all. was perfectly coiled. They They're did never it, like that. They did a shitty job doing that five thousand yeah. dollar dog turd. It was a shit shit job. Uh, but the dog's potty trained immediately. Like when he was waking up with the dog from the first night and he was putting his feet out, I was like, they're going to humanize Keanu Reeves right now because he's going to put his foot feet in a puddle of piss, Yeah, which is what would have happened in real life. If you mm-hmm. had a puppy that you just left out, yeah. it's going to piss on the floor and you're going to step it in, in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that was a missed opportunity to humanize him a little bit more to be like, here's this badass. This guy we know is going to be a badass because you know what you're going to watch when you go into it. Yeah, And he just stepped in piss.
1: I, I don't think that's what they were going for. But yeah, that in, a,
0: in another movie, I think that would have worked. Yeah, that's obviously not what they were going for because they yeah. wanted the magical puppy that was already pre potty trained. And I like, like, what are you doing? Oh, take a shit. Gotcha. Oh, yeah. The quickest shit ever. This dog doesn't even need to sniff where it shits, it just knows immediately where it's going to go. Yeah. Dog shit. I get it. Got. <laughs> uh So he ends up. Uh,
1: he goes out with uh, in his car with uh, with the the puppy yep. to get supplies mm-hmm. and he's he he's got to guess up and who shows up Fion Greyjoy I don't know who that
0: is but it's the kid from Red What? It's the blonde kid from Red From what? Red The it's not oh, it's gotcha. not really but it, it is
1: I was like, there's another movie
0: called Red that this guy's in now? <laughs> is there anyone that's not in a movie called Red? Uh, is, no, are we talking he, about the guy with the mole? It's uh, Vigo's son. Yeah.
1: Yosef. The guy with the m- mole? Yeah. Okay. He is... Him and Peter Dinklage and Lena Headey are like the best actors left on, on Game of Thrones. Uh, yeah. He's great, and he's been given shit to do the last... Well, at least last season, he wasn't given much to do. Last two seasons, I just lot. saw
0: a thing online that showed, like, Peter Dinklage was, like, in a punk band when he was, like, in his late teens. That's awesome. And he looks like he's in his 40s and his late teens. Like, he looks exactly <laughs> the same. He just, he looks like he's always been 40. Like, he's going to be one of those guys that's going to look the exact same throughout his entire life.
1: I feel like he's one of those guys who the older he gets, the better looking he gets.
0: Yeah, I think that's probably true. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so he meets him and he tries to buy his car. Yeah, Keanu Reeves is like, it's not for sale, bro. Uh, and he talks shit in Russian. And Keanu Reeves is like, hey, I talk Russian too. I'm and- gonna slightly insult you.
1: Well, he he says everybody's got a price, bitch, and he says not this bitch. And Theon's all like, what? I'm gonna call him Theon the whole time. Don't worry. Uh, Theon's all like, what? And. The one friend who's like, uh, your dad, you need to rein it in a bit.
0: I apologize for this guy being a shitbag. That car that they... Okay, so they end up... They try to buy the car. Mm -hmm. Then they come back and they end up stealing the car. Yeah. And kill the dog. Yeah. Beat the the shit out of Keanu Reeves.
1: The dog's last... The last effort left in that dog... He uses the crawl over to Keanu Reeves. Mm-hmm. sad sad.
0: Um, so we talked about this with like phones and things, but I'm going to do it again. I had that car that they stole. The 69 Mustang? Uh, it was a 70 that I had. Did they say it's 69 in this? Yeah, because
1: Theon thinks it's a 70, but oh, he's yeah. like, no, it's a 69. I had a
0: 70 Mach 1. It was green. Like, nice. Yeah. I bet you it got seven miles to the gallon. <laughs> it, did, it was. That's how I learned to drive a stick. And it was fucking terrifying because it was like, <laughs> seven hundred horsepower or something insane. Yeah. So like I couldn't not burn out. Like every time I would stop. Like you know the little tiny town that you lived in? That one four way stop. Yeah. I would peel out of that every time going back and forth (laughs) to school. And I wasn't trying to drive like a douchebag, it's just that I wasn't good at it. Yeah. And it was so much car in that. Like the the
1: one stop sign is right in front of where all the Amish park. (laughs) So there's just like a bunch of horses
0: and you're going you're peeling out. (laughs) fuck you horses! it had that car had get some technology i don't know cars but i only know this because i had that car it has something called a traction bar which basically like you've seen cars that pop wheelies Mm -hmm. it has a bar on there so that i couldn't pop a wheelie because i totally could have popped a wheelie if i wouldn't have had that on there
1: Uh, uh but
0: i don't have that anymore i work with a guy who's a real aggressive
1: driver he's uh just a few years shy of has been life crisis but you know he's
0: he's doing it anyway you say real aggressive driver i say douchebag
1: yeah he's he he is an asshole uh he may listen so i didn't call him an asshole but he, he's an asshole driver <laughs> uh and he has a, a, a corvette and rode in it with him once won't do it again uh but he's real bad he's just always passing people at like yeah like 30 mile an hour like this little road that we we work at and he comes in a couple of weeks ago and is like hey uh so i i was out driving with my friend uh one day the other day and he was like hey why is your car making that noise and he's like i don't know it just does that and he's like he presses a button and all of a sudden the nose goes noise goes away and i can like drive it even harder He's like, yeah, uh, apparently I had, my car has something called competitive mode. So now he just drives in competitive mode all the time and is an even more asshole driver. So that's great. Sweet. It's got a, a car has a douche button built in. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's got that fast and I watched Fast and Furious too many times button.
0: Oh, yeah. Not a big fan of that. The other thing that I hate, and I lived in Ohio for a while. Ohio drivers are the worst with this. Is people that drive through a parking lot like not following? Like there are spaces, like there are yeah. definitive places you are. They're supposed- driving
1: perpendicular to the lanes.
0: Yes, that is not how a parking lot works because yeah. you will be just going along and then they'll fucking fly out of nowhere. It's not a big open area. Mm-hmm. There are lines where you are to be driving. There are cars, and the only reason you're going this way and it works
1: is because you don't think there's going to be something at the end of that line. Exactly. It's so yeah.
0: frustrating. That guy does that. I guarantee it. Probably. Um, he lives in Ohio, too. Yeah. So, yeah. That's a, that's a twofer right there. <laughs> um, so he ends up going to John Leguizamo, who I think is one of the most underutilized actors. He, like, is, he is great. Gr- he really is. Have you seen The Pest? The Pest just, is so good. I haven't seen The Pest in years, but I recall it being fucking stupid and horrible
1: (laughs) but i love it um like munley music but it's very racist but i love it but uh
0: i think he's super underutilized i really do like he is just a really great actor i mean he might have been in the Pest in super mario brothers and spawn he made super mario brothers watchable but uh he is great and he is just a small part of this but he's great whenever he's on screen um and he runs a chop shop mm-hmm. uh and keanu reeves is like did they bring it here uh and we had already seen a scene where a mole face mm-hmm. brings it to him and john yeah. leguizamo's like what the fuck are you doing they cut punches between him in the and face. past
1: and future yes uh, and i like how they do that basically like the story starts and then john wick shows up and it's now john leguizamo telling the story to john wick yes yeah and it's cutting back and forth uh
0: but he punches him in the face and is like you can't steal this guy's car, you were fucked. Yeah, and he's like, you, "You know who I am. We own you." And he's like,
1: "I work with your father, and nobody owns me." And it's like, "Fuck yeah, John
0: Leguizamo. Oh, nobody yeah. owns you. Mm-mm. You were into wong fu. That's right, Luigi. Yeah, Luigi Mario. Wait, I thought that means his other name's Mario Mario. Yes,
1: that that is where that was canonized because they're the Super Mario was Brothers. A joke. I
0: was trying to do the bit because that's a quote from the movie. Oh, I haven't seen the movie since it was in theaters. But it's good. You disappoint me. It's so
1: bad. <laughs> it's so bad. Who who's King Koopa in that? Dennis Hopper. Dennis Hopper. Yes, <laughs> chewing up screen, ugh, with the on with the tiny headed lizard people on yeah. either side. Yeah, the, which sk- are supposed to be Toad. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Koopa Troopers. or Goombas. Goombas. I'm sorry, that's not supposed. Oh, yeah, supposed to be Oh yeah, they're the Goombas. Yeah, and he calls them Goombas. Yeah. And like Big Bertha, the fish is just like a fat black lady. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need to watch. We need to. We need to watch the pest and
1: and Super Mario Brothers. That's not a bad podcast. idea. There you go. That's a. Good <laughs> uh, the Goombas are mm-hmm. horror. Yeah, they're they spooky. hunt people mm-hmm. and pests. That's, that's horror. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yep. And uh, they hunt people in the pest. Yeah. So that's horror. There you go. <laughs> uh, so John Leguizamo, wonderful.
1: Yeah. Um, and this is where you get the start of. Like the first 20 minutes or so are John Wick, the character. But this scene is where you start with John Wick, the myth, the man, the myth, the legend.
0: Um, yeah. So we see him going home like phone calls start to happen. Right. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, uh, hey, Moleface's faces, dad. This is what just happened. This is why I punched your kid in the face. Right.
1: He says, I hear you punched my kid in the face. He's like, yeah, because he stole John Wick's car. And then there's just silence because he's just like, I'm fucked. Yeah i'm fucked i'm fucked my Uh, son's fucked i'm fucked everyone's fucked
0: and uh john like i'm sorry keanu reeves goes home and starts breaking into his arsenal
1: yeah he has buried his life in the basement literally under a foot of concrete and he opens this big chest and water inside a shit ton of guns and a bunch of weird gold coins and you're like, well, gold coins. What are those? And then you, they cut to Vigo, and he opens up his safe, and there are a bunch of gold coins. And you're like, what the fuck is up with these gold coins?
0: Did you know John Wick 3 is John Wick vs. Leprechaun?
1: That's exciting. I
0: would watch is it that. on sci fi? I would watch
1: that. <laughs> I, I want to go home and watch John Wick 2 now. Because yeah. I still haven't seen it. It's on, I,
0: I hope it's still on HBO. Um, I was Googling, because it's a thing that I do, Lawnmower Man, today okay and and he said something about john wick 2 comma lawnmower man and i was like is there a tie in between these two? Oh, please tell me it was slash fiction uh no it was just they were released on this the like the special edition of lawnmower man was released the same day about how they yeah, okay it was just these are everything that's released today yeah but i was like holy shit we just watched john wick is there a tie-in with lawnmower man i gotta know that's awesome that just lets you know into my googling habits <laughs> I think it's we your, probably could your own listen. name, Lawnmower Man. <laughs> mm-hmm. Those are my and saved Asian sluts. Yep, <laughs> those are my three. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Sounds about right. Um, <laughs> did I tell you about my uh, about me making fun of my brother that he has an Asian fetish? No, that's not the right word. A fetish. Yellow you, fever. You. Can't <laughs> I think I went from insensitive
1: to you just went straight terrible. That's that is what Asian women call it. The, really, really, white men who are obsessed with Asians they really? call it yellow fever and like. That's their word, like,
0: they will say, watch out, this guy has yellow fever. Hmm. didn't know that. So, years ago, uh, I was like, I want to watch a movie. I don't really have anything. Uh, well, what does my brother have in his room? So, I go in there, <laughs> and I see in the DVD player, he had There's Something About Mary. And I was like, that sounds good. I'll watch There's Something About Mary. So, I go to put it in, and this porn starts. <laughs> it's just asian women being sexed and I'm like what the fuck and i pull it out and i look at it and it's not there's something about mary it says there's something about lucy lee oh like the same font <laughs> as the something about mary thing nice uh so like for the long, forever since then i've made fun of him that he's got an asian thing and he's like i don't i mean i don't not like I'll watch Asian porn. I don't have a I'll watch Asian porn. Don't get me wrong. I'm not I'm not racist. I'll watch Asian porn. <laughs> but um, the, as long as the dick's white, <laughs> it's got to be a white dick.
1: But other than that, I'm fine. <laughs>
0: um. So then the dad is like, "What the fuck am I going to do? I have to protect my kid. He's my son. I love him. Yeah. But John Wick is coming after him. Yeah." Who is the boogeyman? And here's a stylistic thing that I've never seen and I really don't think I like. What is the deal with the subtitles throughout this movie being multiple colors and fonts for words like the boogeyman has to be a certain color? And then there's random words that they put in a different color and like in bold.
1: Well, it's only the boogeyman and then when he's singing the song, uh, the key words about the boogeyman, what he's going to do to you and i think it's a stylistic choice i i like it i think it fits with the style of the movie that the the movie is very stylistic it's stylistic action and i i i think it works
0: so uh the dad sicks a whole bunch of guys on Keanu Reeves. yeah uh who keep in mind is pushing 50s years old right now sure probably uh and does fine in this movie however cannot act like i do not think keanu reeves can act i like the guy i will say that i like keanu reeves yeah uh and i like watching him in things but he can't like actually act like this is what he needs to do is these types of things yeah. but when he goes to act it's not good also he sounds like he's the coolest guy in real life ever yeah have you heard any of these stories
1: like yeah i mean he, he's in dog star I don't know what that is. It's his band.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, I know that he, like, uh, like there was a video of him, like, like he rides the bus or rides the subway and stuff all the time, and he doesn't, like, get private cars or anything. Like, mm-hmm. he just acts like a regular dude, and, like, there was, like, a video of him, like, somebody was filming him just because, like, it was Keanu Reeves on the subway, yeah. and he, like, got up and let an old lady sit in his seat and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the Matrix movies, one of the two sequels, he gave... At least part, maybe no, all, all of them, all, hmm?
1: all of them, all, all the stunt crew.
0: Okay, sounds like you know more details here, so you tell me.
1: Uh, he basically didn't. He basically took no salary because he spent his entire salary for that movie to buy all the stunt people new mar- motorcycles.
0: Um, was the stunt people? I heard he gave all of his salary to the visual effects people.
1: That might have been a different
0: one. I know he bought all the Stump People motorcycles. Or it could have been the same one. Maybe. I I mean, it, he just sounds like a genuinely good dude. Yeah. Um, and the sad
1: Keanu meme is great.
0: But uh, so all of these guys are descending on him and they're going to kill him. And of course they're going to kill him because it's 30 dudes. Or no, they say 12, right? I think so, yeah. 12 verse 1. But no, I don't know
1: if they ever say a number. They say how many you got.
0: No, he's Oh, yeah, that's true. He says how many you got. You're right. Um, but let's say at least twelve. Yeah. Decide a Baker's dozen. And they are going to kill Keanu Reeves. Uh, however, that's not going to happen because not since Samurai Cop have we seen such uh amazing gun action. What? Samurai Cop. Remember how awesome that. That shooting was in Samurai Cop, when they'd shoot around the corner and stay there for four seconds, and then bounce back, and then sit for four seconds, and then shoot. Are you saying? Are you making fun of it? I'm making fun of Samurai Cop. This is okay. Way better than Samurai Cop. Samurai okay. Cop's the worst gun action. This is arguably the best.
1: Okay. I I just want to make sure because
0: yes. gun foo
1: is like the thing that came out of this movie. That's and that is why this movie is fucking fantastic. That is the gun action. Yeah, they no, like that's what, they invented a martial art that's just based around guns.
0: No, that's I would agree with that because usually I watch a movie with this much guns and I find it boring.
1: Gun action is usually boring. Yeah. It, unless you're like full on Rambo or something like that and even that can get can get boring.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. Usually I'm bored with explosions and guns and I know that might sound dumb to, I don't know, a man that holds their beer like Brian Cox or something (laughs) that you think explosions and stuff are boring, but it becomes anything can become monotonous, you know? Uh, And I feel like that's what happens, but I feel like John Wick avoids that uh, in that everything is choreographed so well and that it it is really, really done well, and Keanu Reeves does a great job, and most of the time it legit looks like it's him.
1: And that Matrix training really paid off because he is fantastic in this.
0: Uh, I would agree. I mean, that's what the movie is, is yeah. basically just watching him shoot people like that's oh, the re- So good. That's the reason why you watch the movie. It's it's so it, good. It doesn't. You don't watch it because of the dog. You don't watch I'm it because of his. You watch him to shoot people.
1: I'm actually sad that I'm not watching John Wick right now. That's how much <laughs> I love this movie.
0: I think I don't think I would go nearly as far with you as, <laughs> as that. Uh, but I would agree as far as as gun stuff. Uh, that's up there i don't know off the top of my head if i can come up with one that does guns better
1: i mean it's it's often compared to john woo but uh john woo movies were much much different this this action fucking goes and john woo was all about slow motion and uh fancy tricks whereas this is hand-to-hand combat but oh, oh my god i also have a gun and it's gonna find its way to your face
0: uh, so a police officer ends up showing up because of all the stuff going on mm-hmm. and Keanu Reeves <laughs> opens the door and he's like, Oh, Hey Jimmy. He's like, what's up? Hi John. John, what's going on? Oh, and his quote is, I'm just sorting some stuff out. And he looks behind him and sees like tons of dead bodies. He's like, all right, have a good night. Yeah. He's and he like, believes. are you back in the business?
1: He's yeah. Like, no, I'm just sorting some stuff out. Okay. <laughs> L- I love Jimmy.
0: Later. Jimmy needs his own movie. I want to
1: see, <laughs> I want to see the life of Jimmy.
0: Um, so you, this is where you start to get the feeling like this is bigger than just somebody, yeah, that, that shoots people, and is good at shooting people. Mm-hmm. Um. And then he starts going after the guy.
1: Yeah, he go. He uh, holds up in a place called the Continental, mm-hmm. and he starts paying. Well, he at first he pays the cleaners, the cleaner that comes in. Cleans up all the bodies and everything. He pays them with these gold coins. Yep. And then he checks into the hotel with gold coins.
0: Yep. So this hotel is uh, a prestigious uh, uh, crime hotel. It's a hotel for assassins. Yep. It seems like a very specific market. Yeah. Very specific market.
1: There's obviously this assassin base that's uh, uh, this group of assassins that are based in there. Uh, and they have a rule: no business on the premises.
0: Yes, uh, they've got a doctor on staff for yeah. stitches or any wounds that would happen to have or any medical need.
1: We we forgot that uh, Vigo has put out a two million dollar contract uh, after John what kills everyone, and then he goes to Willem Dafoe and offers it him personally uh but says that it is an open contract because it needs to get done yep. right away and
0: willem defoe's like i will kill that fucker yeah absolutely uh and we progress and he ends up tracking uh him down to like this nightclub deal
1: yeah well he goes into uh he goes into the the kind of lounge in in there and meets with the owner and uh uh, the owner warns him not to, to dip his toes. He says, don't even put a pinky in because you might not like what you're going to fish out. And uh, he says that it's not business, it's personal. And the owner eventually tells him that Theon's at the Red Circle.
0: Which is the nightclub type thing. Yeah, with three
1: three floors and a basement.
0: Yep. Uh, so this I- he's going through uh, trying to find this guy. And they
1: find who's who was outside the door. When to get into the club? Who lets him into the club? Kevin Nash.
0: Oh yeah, I did see that. Big Daddy Cool. You're right. I did see that. I was googling. I was like, "Was that Kevin Nash?" And I googled (laughs) it. Yeah. Uh, One of
1: his best roles, outside of you know, he was great as Super Shredder. He was great in Magic Mike, uh, and I think he was uh, in. Was he in Be Cool? I feel like he was in Be Cool. Don't know. But
0: yeah. So he ends up in there. And my favorite part of this is when he's like going through this nightclub and these guys are coming up trying to shoot him. And he's shooting, strategically shooting people walking through this huge group of people. Yes. So there's people jumping around partying and he's like, you're a fucker I need to kill, bang. You're a fucker I need to kill, bang. You're cool. You're cool. Not kill hurting you. any
1: innocent people. No. He is identifying and eliminating targets In a badass way. Oh,
0: yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, And he ends up finding Moleface in the sub, sub, sub basement. This is where the. uh, This is right near where they hold the VHSs in Deadly Eyes, is where this basement is. Mm -hmm. Um, There's actually a a cut where you can actually see that professor walking past them in the little pool. Yeah, holding the VHSs. Going to the VHSs. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And he manages to kill everyone in that room basically except for Moleface.
1: Yeah, Theon Theon gets away. But uh the guy who apologized for Theon gets very personally drowned for his his involvement in killing the dog.
0: Yes. Uh and Keanu Reeves ends up suffering a wound to his side during this. Yeah. He gets a skewer in the belly. <laughs> Should have seen it coming. <laughs> I should have seen it coming, and I didn't, and I'm glad for it. Oh. By skewer, I mean bullet. He's wearing a bulletproof
1: vest, so he gets shot several times in the chest, but he's fine, but one slips right underneath the vest, and yep. it gets him right in the gut.
0: Uh, so he gets stitched up by the doctor and goes upstairs. Willem Dafoe, however, is on the roof across, and you're like, oh, he can totally kill Keanu Reeves right now if he was a good shot.
1: Remember, Vigo said they had someone on the inside
0: uh luckily uh william defoe is a terrible shot and he actually happens to wake keanu reeves up uh as Are, do you
1: think that's actually because he was a bad shot no okay
0: at this when i'm watching the movie i did oh okay was I wasn't i supposed to no why
1: he you you look up well you know they're friends but it's business yeah but then he looks up and he he sees that someone else is coming to kill him. Yes, and remember, his big thing was he wanted an exclusive contract, and he wasn't given it. But, but now he sees that someone else has gotten a contract to kill him on continental property, which you know is some somebody's getting even. Someone's getting even better than he's getting. Mm-hmm. So he fires a warning shot. Okay,
0: I thought at this point when I was watching this, the okay. Willem Dafoe tried to take a shot. So he did the kill before the f- woman entering oh, okay. and missed and woke him up. So I didn't know that he was on Willem. Willem Dafoe was trying to save him until he kills when he's ca- when Keanu Reeves is captured later and he takes out one of the other guys. I think that's the moment when I realized,
1: yeah, I think you're supposed to think that he is going to kill him Yes, and he wants to kill him, And I think in that moment he does, he's going to kill him, but then he sees that someone else is getting there first and he wants, he wants to get the kill. So that's why he warns.
0: Okay. I didn't way. see that as a warn. I th- saw that as a miss, which worked. I yeah, enjoy I enjoyed worked. that. Yeah. <laughs> they both work. Yep. Uh, so he ends up getting into a fight with uh, a woman that's trying to kill him. Cause mm-hmm. she's taken Perkin. out. She gets $4 million if she can kill him on continental property, mm-hmm. which is a no, no. Yeah. Uh, she doesn't get to though. Nope. Uh, he ends up besting her. Barely, barely.
1: It's that's a really good, it's a pretty good hand to hand fight scene, and I love. Uh, it's the one. It's the thing that I loved
0: about Jason Bourne. The Bourne. Have you seen the Bourne movies? I saw like one, and that was what I felt like it was just like cars and running and shooting.
1: Um, it's done very well in the Bourne movies, uh, but it's it, unfortunately, I think the legacy of the Bourne movies is inventing the shaky fight handheld fight quick cut thing and it's done extremely well in the born identity but a bunch of filmmakers have copied it and not done it well and it's led to a lot of action movies with poor poor spatial awareness in their action scenes and by that by virtue of that bad action scenes but the thing that i always enjoyed about the born identity is you find an object and use that object and that's what this scene is like uh, she uses her jacket to get leverage. He uses a sheet mm-hmm. to to take advantage. Yep. Uh, the first thing he does is is uh, he he's wearing a sling. He takes off the sling and uses that to to gain gain wrist control. Like, I I enjoy the the found object kind of fights.
0: Yep. Uh, he ends up besting her and puts her in control of black guy in an adjacent room that obviously they're
1: friends. Who is from The Wire. Both the black guys in this movie are from The Wire. Oh, good. Uh, The the guy at the desk and, uh, unfortunately, the guy who gets shot in the face by Perkins.
0: Yeah. Uh, So he gives her uh, to black guy across the hall to take care of for a coin. and release. And... Uh, goes out on his way. Mm-hmm. Uh, he ends up being captured. Well, he
1: yeah. He sets up. Uh, he finds out where the where they're located. He fo- he gets he gets out of her information that they have a thing in the church, and he goes and he burns all their everything they had in the in the church all their the stuff in the vault which was money it was audio and visual recordings that were used as leverage for local uh, officials and everything it was basically everything they had and he destroyed it
0: yep uh then he gets captured
1: he gets hit by a fucking car well in, in he a car hits a car, and the car that got hit hits him, and he flies.
0: I did like that because at first I thought the guy driving the car just ran away. Like he just jumps in the car, and you see him mm-hmm. drive. So I was like,
1: you notice that's the guy from the club, the one, the only guy who bested him, the guy who shot him. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, so he takes out Keanu Reeves, and then they have this this scene in like a warehouse thing where. It's like, why don't you just fucking kill him? Put one bullet in his head instead of doing the Dr. Evil thing where you talk to him and be done with it.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: But he doesn't do that. Who's the main villain? Vigo. Vigo doesn't do that. He leaves it to his guys to kill him and turns around and walks away. Yeah. Listen to Seth Green and just shoot him in the head. (laughs) Let Seth Green get the gun from his room and just shoot him. Instead of talking about it like a fucking supervillain.
1: I thought you were referencing some like obscure statement that Seth Green made. And then you said, get the gun from his room. And realized, he's, making, he's making a freaking Austin Powers reference right now. <laughs> all right, I'll go with it. Fine. I reference the pest. He can reference Austin Powers.
0: I said Dr. Evil.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It all fit. Yeah. Well done.
0: Thanks uh but they don't do that and that if there's anything that pisses me off in this movie it's that it's like just be pragmatic don't tie him to a chair if you hit him with the car run his head over and be done with it yeah because that's what keanu reeves ends up doing he ends up finding the kid and he just shoots him in the head there's no speech there's nothing and you know what he fucking got him and they could have gotten john wick 10 times over if they would have just done it
1: yeah uh but they got a really badass fight scene (laughs)
0: <laughs> they're not going for a fight scene. Their motivation is to not I die. Mean, yeah,
1: I mean, the movie did.
0: Yeah, no, the movie did. That's fine. But I'm just saying, if I'm trying to put myself in their position, yeah. like when I become a big time uh, Russian mobster, mm-hmm. I'm going to just kill my enemies immediately. That's, that's smart. That's Seth Green style.
1: Yeah. So he escapes uh, through the help of Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe takes out the first guy. Uh, he finally gets to kill the guy from the club who hit him with the car car uh <laughs> the car car and yeah he he runs on foot chases down the car that vigo's in and uh basically tells vigo i'm gonna shoot you in the face if you don't tell me where your son is and vigo gives him up yeah he does Look tells off. him exactly where he is
0: yep uh and just sits around and takes a drink while Keano goes after him
1: he smokes a joint and drinks a drink.
0: Yes. Like any dad would. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So Keanu g- gets his revenge and kills him dead.
1: Yeah, he. Get, I love that he's like his last words in Russian were like, "It's just a fucking," and then boom. He was gonna say, "It's just a fucking dog," but. He doesn't even get that, and I like that.
0: Yeah. Um. We do. Do we end up with the fight scene now with the knife?
1: With uh, with Vigo? I
0: don't remember what it was. Go ahead. What do you got?
1: Um. Well, then for John Wick, it's over. He he has had his revenge, but Vigo is pissed off. So he goes and he goes to Willem Dafoe, him and Perkins, and he tortures Willem Dafoe. And I. Yeah, like I love this movie because like uh, Willem Dafoe is, you know, realizes that he's dead, but he's going to be tortured for a long time. So he goes out his way, beats up and kills two thugs before getting shot.
0: I I like the idea of a badass Willem Dafoe. Yeah. Like I want to see an Expendables of people that shouldn't be badasses.
1: Like Michael Sarah?
0: Like Michael Sarah and Willem Dafoe and everybody that I'm thinking of now is dead. So that wouldn't work. <laughs> I was gonna say like Ralphie May. Judah Friedlander? Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, Billy yeah. Eichner. Um, yeah, I wanna see that. Yeah. Just this big group of like like who else is like nice people? We've talked about I talked about that about Willem uh, Will not Willem. Will Smith like, he can't play a bad guy? Yeah. Like, if you just see Will Smith just fucking, like, mutilating somebody.
1: You realize he played a bad... He, his last movie, he played a bad guy. What movie? Suicide Squad? No. He was Deadshot. No. The villains are the heroes, but he was a villain. Hmm. I haven't seen the movie. He are you supposed good. to like
0: him? Because he's the most likable guy ever. <laughs> like, that's the, that's my point.
1: He he turned down uh, Independence Day 2 and 3 to be in that piece of shit. Hmm yeah
0: anyway
1: not the independence day 2 was good
0: uh but there's a fight scene where willem d- uh, where uh keanu reeves they're fighting with a knife this is him and vigo right
1: right so uh he finds that they're on the helipad he clears out everybody and vigo's like no guns let's just fucking do this with like men and they beat each other up for a while and then vigo pulls out a knife.
0: And I love this because I've not seen this in a movie Mm -hmm. where Keanu Reeves decides the best thing to do because he's trying to stab him. So he's like, all right, I can't overpower you and stab you. I'm going to help you stab myself and make sure that I stab myself in about as good of a place as I can. Mm -hmm. That way you can't have the knife anymore.
1: Not only that, but now you are caught off guard because you're stabbing with all your might. And then suddenly your, your arm is released. You get the stabbing motion which pulls your arm forward, and now I break your arm.
0: Yeah. I thought that was awesome. I'd yeah. never seen that done before, and it seems like a, a something we should – like as many – it's got to be hard, like, trying to come up with new things to do because everything's been done or a trope. Yeah. Uh, just like they were like, I'm going to have it rain at a funeral. Nobody's ever done that before. <laughs> 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 they invented gun-fu. <laughs>
1: I'll, I'll take rain at a funeral if you can invent something cool like gun-fu.
0: Um. But that was a new one for me. I hadn't seen that before. It seemed like a Jackie Chan thing. Like, Jackie Chan always had the ability to, like, create something yeah. new that you hadn't seen. That's,
1: what, that's why I love Jackie Chan. It's the found object thing. Yeah. He always worked with what was around.
0: Yeah. Um, and he ends up besting Vlad. Yeah. Not Vlad. Vigo. Vigo. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, kills him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but isn't in great shape. So he tries to drive to a vet to... Clean himself up, staple his stomach back together, which I don't feel like is the right thing to do because you don't know what the hell. Is. Like, I assume he probably has medical training. You have to assume that. Something. But I feel like that should probably be more than happening. Like, if you were, like, actually cut open, you need to do more than just sew it shut.
1: Like, but I feel like he made him stab him in, like, the gunshot wound. So there was already damage done there. Maybe. So he, that's where he was going to do the least amount of damage.
0: Maybe. Uh,. So he stitches himself up, and he's like, oh, there's a dog. Let me steal someone else's dog.
1: Yeah. I, that's my question. Is like, did he steal someone else's dog? Yeah. Probably.
0: He, he, yeah, he did.
1: Is that a is that a vet's place where they're staying overnight, or is that a shelter? I don't know. If it's a shelter, then...
0: He owes them $29. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a promise that, to get him a shot. <laughs> like... <laughs> uh yeah i don't know but if it's a vet yeah. he just stole that dog
1: yeah
0: i mean this i don't know there was it was a weird thing to end on yeah um yeah uh
1: the weirdest thing to end on produced by eva longoria
0: i didn't see that
1: <laughs> yeah what eva longoria helped get this movie like i get it that it wasn't you know it's like taken do you know the story behind taken no So, you know... Oh, yeah, he
0: started telling me this, I think. Right,
1: because he was going to be in the A-Team. And he was just a serious actor. No one believed that he could be, like, an action star. So they made this little movie called Taken just so that he could have a little bit of action credit. Mm -hmm. And then A-Team goes, and Taken is, like, its own franchise. Yeah. And, like, no one gives a shit about the A-Team. But they still, quote, I will find you. And I will kill you. <laughs> All the time. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I wonder if that was one of those these movies where, like, Keanu Reeves wanted to get it done, and, you know, maybe Eva Longoria just wanted to, like, George Harrison this along.
0: Yeah, maybe. Um, so my overall thoughts on John Wick is that, uh, it, as you described, it invented a new subgenre that I don't feel like I want to see that much more of unless they can really keep going that deep. I'm not I mean, saying anything negative about this, but I just don't know how much yeah. more they
1: invented a new martial art. Um gun
0: But it was good. I feel like you are I just like inward burped if that picked it up. I yeah, apologize. I that was it. gross, I'm sorry. Um I feel like the similarities are way deeper than what you're you're seeing or acknowledging. Um, but I'm not faulting that because I feel like if they were if this were to be a remake it would just be a really good remake in that they took the the idea and the the basic premise of it and did a twist on it and made it a totally different movie
1: yeah also like I could tell the like the way you were skipping ahead like we watch these movies completely differently like you talk about she she gets in and then he bests her and we're on. I wanted to talk for 5 minutes about that awesome action scene. We
0: can, I wasn't. No,
1: we I mean I feel like I got everything I wanted okay. to say about that. But yeah, like that's what I can tell like you're the uh not like I I feel like I don't appreciate the horror like or like the monster stuff like you do. I feel like you don't appreciate the action like I do and like that's I don't know. That's why we're different people. Mm. I think I've had one of those moments where I felt like I might say something insightful and realize that <laughs> I was gonna s- but this time I realized I w- <laughs> that it probably wasn't going to be. <laughs> I was so going to I just went,
0: Meh. "Here's the thing. We have had different experiences and have not been at the exact same place and have different minds." Yeah. That's deep. John Wick or Red?
1: Red is a really good movie. John Wick 117%.
0: I would say John Wick is a good movie, but I would do Red because I feel like it is character-driven. Uh, I have that catch him love that I have to that I can't quantify, but is probably there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and nothing negative towards John Wick, just as I feel like you don't have anything negative to say about Red. Yeah. but it's just what we would go for.
1: I'm glad you enjoyed John Wick because I don't think it's something that you. I would not peg you for someone who would appreciate that.
0: I would never have watched it. On my own. Yeah. Um, but hearing what the premise was and then having read red, I was like, I can't not do these two. Yeah. And I had no idea that the similarities that I would find watching it. I um, didn't either. But I it was
1: th- I thought that, yeah. Though I didn't uh obsess over them like you did, I definitely did recognize a lot of the yeah. similarities.
0: Um next week. Next week. Next week you have a choice to make.
1: Next week, I have a choice to make, or I have a choice to make right now about next week. You have a choice
0: week? to make right now about next week. Okay. So I'm going to present to you two different options, and you can choose what our two are. Okay. Okay? Gotcha. First, option one, disc one.
1: Okay. Three wishes, one nightmare. Wishmaster three, beyond the gates of hell. Uh. Yeah, it's Wishmaster 3. There's, like, nothing on here other than uh, there's a pentagram and it has the word hell on it. So it's Wishmaster 3. Okay. (laughs) There's nothing more for me to go on that. (laughs) It's Wishmaster 3. On the back, there's a a dude fighting a demon with a sword. Or, I guess, torturing the demon. Cool.
0: What are we going to see? A
1: dude torture a demon with a sword. Mm.
2: Okay
0: feel like you forget how this game is played
1: <laughs> i f- i feel like i didn't i wasn't given much okay like it's, it's wishmaster we know what we're gonna expect in wishmaster this is very like the opposite of christ on the cross mm-hmm. you know because he got the spear from the roman soldier mm-hmm. this this is a demon i can't see what he's on but i'm gonna guess it's a pentagram that he's tied to okay and he's getting sorted
0: okay But uh, sword that thing you're calling a demon is the gin. okay Just so you know.
1: It looks similar but different.
0: Yes, that would be accurate.
1: And it says hell. Uh, So maybe the djinn is a demon now.
0: Disc. Movie two. Option one.
1: Gotcha. Uh, Leave no soul unturned. Wishmaster, the prophecy fulfilled. I can already tell that the makeup budget is way down for this one. Uh... Yep, on the back there are some demon or djinn faces. Uh, the gin has grown like centipede horns or like Medusa hair or something, and titties. That's what's <laughs> on the back of the box. <laughs> okay, what are we gonna see? Uh, well, oh, oh, on the front there's a naked woman. I saw that it was the shape of a woman. I didn't realize it was a naked woman. I was looking at the bad makeup. So I'm going to guess we are going to see bad makeup and titties <laughs> Okay. in Wishmaster, The Prophecy Fulfilled.
0: Okay. Um, usually I don't give you much to go on, but just so you can make an informed opinion okay. on these, uh, what you described is pretty accurate. <laughs> Andrew Divoff is not back.
1: For either of them? For
0: either of them. Uh, these were filmed back to back by the same director and cast at a community college. <laughs> And, and I was going to do a Cohen over Cohen song about these and it was going, but I, uh, I threw it away because Cohen over Cohen is about good things and yes. about loving things. It's not about fucking hating things yes. and reviling what they ruined that you love. And that's what that song was about.
1: It's not about hate fucking. Yes. Yes. <laughs> movies you don't like
0: that's what that song was going to be and i was like that's not what cohen over cohen is i don't want to hate this so uh right. it was going to be seven nation army by the white stripes um mm-hmm. yep uh can you give us a sample uh wishmaster two and three should have brought andrew div off back
1: i mean wishmaster three and four yeah
0: sorry wishmaster three and four <laughs> should have brought andrew div off back that's a little snippet for you. It's good. Um, so that didn't happen. That tells you what you're what you're kind of in for for that one. All right. Uh, option two, movie one. Okay. Bottom.
1: Oh my god! Really? Why are you giving me the option? You know what I'm going to choose. Oh my god! I have been waiting. For so long. <laughs> He's so excited. Jacob Tutu meets the Hooded Fang. Oh my god. Uh, you, you
0: did this once, but read us the. Be- they, oh, yeah, you I've cheated just, but, yeah. before. I cheated and read. before and read the whole thing. I'm going to read it again. <laughs>
1: I'm so excited. The fuck Wishmaster. Com- <laughs> you had me at community college. You lost me at also presenting me Jacob Tutu. Oh, fuck. Jacob is a six year old who says everything twice since no one ever listens to him the first time. Hence his name, Jacob Tutu. <laughs> Why not Jacob Say Say? You say things twice, so you're Jacob Two, Two. <laughs> Shit, now I'm doing it. His habit of repeating questions gets him into trouble with an adult, and <laughs> with an adult, and as a result, Jacob Tutu is sentenced by a judge. <laughs> Ice tea from Johnny Mnemonic to Slimer's Island I love this in the children's prison the children's prison, you know, like they have run by the dreaded and mischievous wrestler the hooded fang, Gary Busey from Lethal Weapon and Eye of the Tiger. I don't even know what the fuck Eye of the Tiger is Jacob Tutu must find a way to, I can't stop Gary Busey, the wrestler <laughs> Jacob Tutu must find a way to rescue all the children. True, <laughs> true to the classic children's tale, which apparently this is, this hero not well, yeah, only your, saves the day.
0: Your mom didn't read you the, the old, just sing you the Jacob Tutu nursery rhyme?
1: No, uh, I, I skipped ahead to Johnny 3. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was in the advanced class. <laughs> True to the classic children's tale, the hero not only saves the day, he saves the hooded fang, his cohort, Mirinda Richardson from Sleepy Hollow and Merlin, and becomes a hero to his family. They gave away the ending. <laughs> hate. That's hate.
0: A, summary. Yeah. That a summary. That was a summary, as a summary. we learned at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, not a synopsis. Good.
1: Should have been a synopsis.
0: Um, so which way are you leaning?
1: What's disc two of option two
0: yeah no i'm asking which way are you leaning right oh, now?
1: i mean ice tea and gary Busey. that's gonna be some slurred speech right there
0: <laughs> all right you yeah. want to see option two disc movie two
1: option two disc two <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> there's no audio right now but he's so upset you were the worst <laughs> you don't have to and do I it i'm not making you, you you suck all the joy out of living oh i'm so, I have a lot of joy right now. <laughs> oh what do you got in front of you justin
1: apparently the scariest movie in a decade <laughs> the sicker and more twisted unrated cut quentin tarantino presents written and directed by Eli roth favorite of the podcast the one movie i said going in i will never watch
0: Hostile. <laughs> I hate you. So here's the thing. Okay. I'm not making you watch that. Nope. Okay. But here's the thing. You are sawing me right I, now. <laughs> I want you to know that I told my wife that I was doing this and she was like, tell him from me, if you watched Cannibal Holocaust, that is way worse than hostile. Hostile is not a big deal. I've been saying this forever. Like you've got it held up on this big thing. It is not a big I, thing.
1: Yes, but I still said a thing. I said a thing that I'll never watch hostile. And you are saying if you go against everything you believe in and stand for, I will give you this nice little gem <laughs> of a thing right <laughs> over here. Here, have some candy. <laughs> All you gotta do is to come to the dark
0: side. Yeah. That's what I'm that's exactly what I'm doing. You're right. Because it's not that big of a deal. It's really not like I've thought about it and I know it's not thing. that big of a deal.
1: <laughs> uh, I don't know. There's just something about it being grimy and more realistic. Like Cannibal Holocaust was all done in you know, the daytime outside. It's less I think that makes it less bad. Uh which by the way, I'm still not over the fact that you've made us watch Green Inferno and Cannibal Holocaust episode two. <laughs> It was like, it here's is. a nice little movie from the 50s and this sci-fi horror classic. All right, get that out of the way. Here comes the garbage. <laughs> uh,
0: and I love the idea that we are doing a double bill of Jacob Tutu and Hostel. <laughs> That's this the... has four commentary tracks.
1: Four commentary tracks.
0: Mm-hmm. What do you think Hostel is? All right, so we didn't do this bit because we were just giggling about Hostel. I was giggling and you were crying. What do you think Hostel is?
1: Teenagers get kidnapped and and bits cut off of them in a like sub 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 basement somewhere. Okay, that's what I've always pictured.
0: Okay, this is this is a rough choice for you right now. I'm watching it happen. He's looking longingly at Jacob Tutu right now. Like, oh, Jacob Tutu, I hardly knew ye. But I have to watch this other shit if I don't do it.
1: <laughs> to, be, to be perfectly honest, I thought, like, oh, these look pretty shitty. But then you said they were shot back to back at a community college. And I was like, that might be the right kind of shitty. <laughs> that might be the perfect amount of shitty.
0: It, okay, maybe it is. Maybe this is a, a long con in that Wishmaster 3 and 4 are fantastic. Yeah. And I'm just fucking with you. Uh, Talk me through what's going through your mind right now.
1: I can't not watch Jacob Tutu. That's <laughs> what's going through my mind right now. I want to know what year this was made. It doesn't seem to say on the back. Maybe I'll say on the disc. Nope, it just says 2005. I hate you. (laughs) Let's watch Jacob Tutu in Hostile.
0: Holy shit, we're doing it. Oh my gosh. Oh, I did not expect it to be going this way. Look at this, everybody. He just committed to it. Oh no. (laughs) That's how much he wants Jacob Tutu. He's doing Hostile. I hate you so much. Hey, I told you I would never make you do it. And I am not.
1: Aren't you so proud that you're technically correct? <laughs> Isn't that a great feeling?
0: It's not technically anything. You're doing it to yourself. I'm giving you the option, and you're choosing to take it.
1: Yeah. Hey, uh, you know what? If you don't kill yourself, I'm gonna, I'm I'm gonna kill your family. I'm not gonna not- make you kill yourself. <laughs>
0: but uh, if you don't, I'm gonna kill your family. Oh, Just saying. That's not at all. <laughs> all right uh you can you can reconsider if you want before we cut it off
1: I, he's i don't i want to know who this guy is
0: <laughs> so There's many like, questions like, like about Franken- jacob tutu.
1: frankenstein is like holding an egg or something i don't know <laughs> but look at gary Busey's face <laughs> look at those teeth behind that mask oh
0: are uh, the worst all right next week jacob tutu and hostile an obvious pairing for anyone completely obvious (laughs) justin what else do you have for us i know gun fu.